Download our app in iTunes and the Google Play Store. Welcome to the podcast. It is the Riot Podcast. Welcome in. You've made it through the week. Congratulations. Unless you're behind and you're just listening to this on a Monday, and then or that probably feels really insulting to you. It's awful, too, if Friday's the start of like your stuff and yeah. you have to work through the weekend. You work Friday through Aww. Tuesday. Well, what on this nightmare. podcast, though, we at least have some distractions for you. Fever Fever, a band on Radio U that's back. Mm-hmm. They joined us, and then the protests came in and hung out in the studio with us as well. Yes, so we've got that in the podcast. What else is in there, Isaiah? We had a nice little throwback from Disney. They're bringing just a classic back to life. Okay. Home Alone. <laughs> I thought you were going to introduce that. I didn't know we were like, not going to spoil yeah. it. I didn't know if you were too, but I was no, like, at first you were like, do you want me to say it? I was like, I'll say it. Yeah, I really enjoy the awkwardness that... <laughs> We only get on the podcast intro. Uh, when well, we get on the air, it's always so smooth. But for some reason, when we do the podcast intro, well, that's we why can't you guys get this bonus stuff. This is extra content yep. you don't get anywhere else. This is off. Uh, everything is off the cuff, but that's this right. is really off the cuff. <laughs> we do talk about Disney Plus. They announced the Home Alone remake that they're making. Yeah, so you can get some details on that. And it's actually coming out later this year, it believe is. it or not. We also talked about Hudson's Vacation. I'm so excited for you. You're going to have a great time. We didn't just talk about it with, like, we had people texting in and stuff, and then we started talking about it with the protests, so... (laughs) Uh, everything is about my vacation. That We're is ready. what is driving the show right We're now. We're ready for you to pack. We're ready uh-huh. for yeah. you to get ready. It sounds like everybody's ready for me to leave. I know. Not at all. Even though Isaiah will be filling in. Yeah, <laughs> here. Nobody wants to talk about Nikki's time off. Well, I'm but, just taking next Wednesday off, but yeah. I'm not going anywhere fun. Uh, uh-huh. So why why focus on that when your vacation seems more well, fun? Well, we could talk about all the restaurants locally that you could <laughs> yeah. go on your day off. Also, there's all these cool places. Yeah, yeah. there's somewhere uh, you could go to oh, Sheets. You could. Oh, you could go yeah. to uh, White Castle. No, you could go I to- always go to like Chick Fil A if I have a morning off. Oh yeah, because I, you know, normally with work, by the time you're done with their breakfast hours, mm-hmm. but that's some good stuff there. There so. you go. Another place that you could visit that also will pop up in the podcast is if you want to get tattooed up. Oh, you're you can right. head to McDonald's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wow, That's that was a- some dis- misdirection because I thought you were going to do it with the, the alcohol at IHOP. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there's a lot of um, alternate things you could be doing at some of the restaurants yeah. that I don't know if we were going to or inside in the first place. Eventually, all of the restaurants seem to offer all of the seven deadly that- sins. <laughs> yes. <laughs> some of them more deadly than others. Yeah, for we're looking sure. looking at you, pancakes. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for uh, listening uh, and hopefully enjoying the podcast. Text us and say hi this week. If you find a story you want us to cover, text 877 to Radio U and send it to us. Or if you find a place that I need to go on uh, my vacation I next know. week. Gatlinburg, Pigeon uh-huh. Forge area. Please send those to us too, Hudson. Yeah. We'll be or prepared for his trip next week. Anything in the Tennessee, Kentucky that's along a major highway, who yeah. knows? Maybe I'll be able to stop. I'm trying to check before we go because we also want to ask for nice.
nice reviews. Yeah, if you haven't reviewed Do the we podcast, have any, we don't have any new ones. Make sure you subscribe. When you're subscribed, if you unsubscribe and subscribe again, uh, that actually puts us up higher in the podcast mm-hmm. algorithm and stuff. And so that helps uh, get our podcast pushed to new people. Yeah. So uh, unsubscribe and resubscribe, like Nikki said, and give us a nice review. We'll read it on the show. Yeah. And and just uh, have a great weekend. Hudson, Isaiah. Good mm-hmm. weekend to you, too. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, right. everybody. We'll report back on Monday. That sounds good. <laughs> it is the riot. If you've ever asked yourself, just how bad can it get? We've got your answer right here. Worst of the riot. Radio U. Now we're hearing about another one in Italy where they didn't just set the record for Italy. Mm-hmm. They just set the record for the continent of Europe. Oh, for the heat? Yeah, the oh, hottest wow. temperature recorded. Oh, 119? Is 119, that it? almost 120, nearly 120 degrees Fahrenheit yeah. in the town of Syracuse on the island of Sicily. That is hot no matter where you're at. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> It doesn't matter if that's Celsius, Fahrenheit. Yeah, it's still hot because sometimes you'll hear like the UK will get a heat wave yeah. and they'll be in the 80s yeah, or something. Yeah, that was theirs earlier this year. And it's very odd, but remember the there's no air conditioning set up or yeah. it's just not the same because it doesn't so. normally get to 80 degrees exactly so when you hear we're like 100 110 yeah. something like that you're like that's a heat wave but yeah. in some parts of europe even 80s can just be miserable yeah well it's and a, dangerous hopefully it's a dry heat well, i that's don't know it. at that point <laughs> it doesn't yeah it doesn't matter if it's dry or nope but uh let's see they say it still has to be uh verified by the world meteorological Me- that works how do you say it, it? Meteorologist, yeah. It's Isn't hard because it? it's meteorologist. Yeah. Meteorologist. The meteorologist. The meteor- meteorological. Society. I can't say. No, the society. Yeah, it's a society. It's organization, but I like the society. It is, it's Italian. That makes it sound a little more like a... Like a bunch of people in top hats that are like tutting about the weather. They get together every so often. They verify uh-huh. the over heat. a cup of tea. That's it. And they play croquet. Yes. They Only talk about the weather when it's not so hot. They the stay wor- inside until then. The World Meteorological Organization still has to. <laughs> I, I think you're verify. saying it right. <laughs> I know, but it doesn't sound right, though. How about you say the WMO? There we go. The WMO, now that we've established, they have to they have to verify it. But previously, the hottest temperature ever recorded in Europe was in 1977, Athens, Greece. And that was 118. Ooh. So this one blew by that by 1.8 degrees. That's too hot. Yeah, it's too much. And what's interesting about this, in addition is the reason that they say that this is happening, they're calling it an anti-cyclone. What does that mean? Do um, they have a cyclone? Uh, it's, Did they, it not oh, come? Oh, here we go. An anti-cyclone is a high-pressure system where atmospheric pressure is relatively higher than the air surrounding it. So it brought in the heat? Yeah, but uh-huh. I don't know if the WMO coined <laughs> that term or if it's just something CNN made up to make it sound scarier, but it, they also even named it. Well, they name it? In the Italian media, it says they've named it Lucifer. Is it a Netflix thing? <laughs> yeah, right. Is it Lucifer there? It's, yeah, it is. That's a show. It's uh And if you don't want people soon. to be worried, or maybe you do. It's also the name of the devil. So, well, okay, yeah. So it explains yeah, why it's you, so Hudson. hot, probably. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that adds it up. That makes it... It's, it bring, 
I don't know which came first, the hot temperatures or calling the thing the devil. Sure. But well, why, why even beat around the bush? Why not just call it the devil? The, I think the devil that, has come to Italy. I think at that point they're trying to make sure you're motivated to stay safe, stay yeah. inside, um, not only because of the anti-cyclone, <laughs> but also the record temperatures. That'd be confusing, though. You see news stories coming out of Italy. It's like people are fleeing Sicily because of the devil. <laughs> because Lucifer has descended. <laughs> I bet you it makes more sense when you're there. Maybe, maybe, As maybe they use that the more commonly. Nineteen degree temperature. Yeah. So oh, that must be terrible. Yeah. It's, and there is the there's wildfires going on there. So not good. Mm. Not good. It's the worst of the riot on Radio U. Uh, well, I guess yesterday was like an earnings call or something like that. So there's all kinds of news with Disney Plus, but. Uh, let's talk about this one right now. The newly confirmed Home Alone reboot. That oh, they are, are they doing. doing a movie or a TV show? It out is going to be a movie. It's called Home Sweet Home Alone, and it they've announced the cast for it. Uh, it will star Ellie Kemper. Uh, she's from what's her name in the office? Aaron. Aaron oh, from The Office. She's yeah. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. That's the one. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So she the mom? Uh, I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, although she doesn't strike me as a mom. Doesn't she seem young? No, I think. <laughs> I mean, I know she, in real life she can't be, but her characters always seem so young. But I think you're basing that from watching The Office. And yes. The Office is older. She's so. very, uh, yeah. and well, Kimmy Schmidt too, she's very naive and mm-hmm. she wouldn't be ready to have children. Maybe she has children in that show. <laughs> I haven't watched the whole thing. I so. think you're overthinking that. <laughs> I probably am. Uh, let's see. Rob Delaney. I can't watch it now. Rob De- <laughs> I just can't picture Ellie Kemper as a mom. I'm sorry to tell you. <laughs> sorry, Disney. Ruined casting the whole, is wrong. The whole movie about a child getting left home alone and defeating burglars is going to be ruined for me. This I can't believe. No. Uh, so Rob Delaney, I would assume, is going to be the dad. Yeah. Uh, he is, I remember, he's the... I think he's the hotel manager in Tom and Jerry. Oh, okay. the new Tom and Jerry. Didn't it also see that. it also says he's in Deadpool too. I don't know who he played in Maybe that. Maybe you should start with that one next yeah, time. Yeah, well, that's that more popular. But I just don't remember what he did. In so it. they're saying Home uh, Sweet Home Alone will premiere on November twelfth. Mm-hmm. It's not an in theater thing. Ah, uh, um, what else? Just did in they time say? for the holidays. Yeah, they said it's basically going to be the same scenario as the very first Home Alone movie, mm-hmm. which is from nineteen ninety. Yeah. So it's gonna. Uh, be the same story. I guess uh, some a question many might be asking is: Is Macaulay Culkin involved? Oh, is he's, he going to do anything? He's not listed in in the cast, so it's not like he's going to play a major role. Who knows? Could he have a cameo? Maybe he perhaps. Pops in. It's not like he's got a lot of else going on. It doesn't seem like so. <laughs> maybe, maybe, but he's not the dad, which is what I think some would hope. Oh, Just, they thought, yeah, that it would be but, his family. Well, if it was him, though. It'd be a little unrealistic. You would think as as he was left home alone so many times, he learned from his mistakes. And if he was ever to go on and have children, he would never do do what his parents did. Well, maybe right? he. I don't, again, I think we're overthinking it. What if he was the one <laughs> left home alone once again as an once adult? Again, and they came back. His the, wife were, and children leave him behind. What were the, and it's just a movie about him sitting on the couch having a nice quiet weekend. <laughs> now that That's right there, a, everybody can associate with. What were the robbers called? Didn't they have a name? Um, the, the bandits? Yeah, were they I don't something? Know, I don't know if they... I don't know. If anybody remembers the... Yeah, uh, I'm sure somebody does. The Home Alone it's Robbers. It's Joe Pesci plays is, is the, one of them, right? Yeah. 
Joe Pesci. And I don't think he's guy. coming back for this movie either. Well, I guess we'll find out. You know, we'll we'll see. Yeah, it, <laughs> we'll see. You what know happens. what? <laughs> it might just come at the right time of year, and if it's free on Disney Plus, doesn't matter. Yeah, then. <laughs> we're all gonna be watching it. You know, you you get around the holidays. And as much as we all love the old Christmas classics, sometimes you just need to need to watch one that's not the exact same, or, or at least that's close ah, enough. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's comforting, but not the exact same thing you've already seen. This could be it. Now, Chuck, thanks for texting the Water Bandits. Um, but ah. that, I actually looked it up um, based off that. It's actually the Wet Bandits. The Wet Bandits. That's there you go. That's what they used to call themselves. So and, thank you for uh, starting me off on the right direction. What's the movie called? Angels with Filthy Souls or something like that? <laughs> oh, the movie. Is it, yeah, movie? isn't that what it's called? Well, you guys can start. We can look it up. Yeah, we'll other just places. <laughs> relive all of the Home Alone movies. Chad, thank you. The Wet Bandits. Everybody says something else. Jeff says Sticky Bandits. <laughs> I think it's Wet Bandits. Drew said Wet Bandits, so we'll go with that. I feel like this is a, a Mandela Effect situation where you just know their name's something, and so you're going to, in your mind, you're going to be like, I re- totally remember it's this. And, <laughs> and we were all yeah, wrong. Yeah, it's all wrong. <laughs> the definition of insanity is putting the riot on again and again and expecting a better result. It's the worst of the riot on Radio U. Last night... The first time in a long time that I remember baseball feeling like a big deal. Yeah. Uh, we've got, I guess the last time probably was when the Cubs were in the World Series. But since then, nobody pay, pays attention to baseball no matter what's going on. But last night and was. And if the, you do, Hudson's making you feel bad. I mean, yeah, I, just like, what's I, baseball I, even? I, I like baseball, but who watches it? Well, I love baseball. Isaiah's here. Maybe he does. I Don't know, just but, make a sweeping statement. No, I'm making it. It's just not a. Even though Isaiah and I, we may watch it from time to time, and mm. people watch it from time, it's not a big deal. It's not like you, even during the World Series, nobody wakes up the next day, and it's like everybody you know, baseball fan or not, is talking about the World Series, but this was a big deal. Everybody people were was talk- talking about this. Talking about the Field of Dreams game, and for all that being said, I didn't watch any of it. <laughs> <laughs> I well, actually, of course, that feels I, right. I did watch, <laughs> instead, preseason football, which is exactly what <laughs> baseball does not want to hear. Yeah. Well, the Field biggest of Dreams, game for baseball. Yeah. they had from the movie from a long time ago, um, they used the field where that was filmed and I was watching the intro to it Yeah, and it looks like they brought Kevin Costner out and they kind of made the whole thing of the baseball players coming out of the cornfield yep, and of stuff. Course, yeah. Yeah. So you can tell they really had a good time playing that up. So Isaiah, you said you actually watched some of it live as it was happening. I did. I watched, I can't lie, I watched the first inning and okay. that was all I watched, but... It was the really, really cool. It was just the, the coolest way it first looked. inning you've ever seen. It was a cool first inning. They were they kept on zooming the camera out at the cornfields. It was very, very cool looking. Did uh so did anybody see the ending of the game though? Um, like even though we didn't watch it live because I watched yeah. the highlights. Did you see it? Yeah, it was a crazy ending. What was the crazy part about uh, it? The, so it was the bottom of was the night. Was it nine. the ghosts? It was just <laughs> <laughs> was it the players. What happened? It, it was just like the classic <laughs> baseball scenario of. The one team is up by one run in mm-hmm. the bottom of the ninth, and there's one guy coming up, and it's his last chance to save the game. That's what happened. The Yankees were up 8-7. to seven. The White Sox, uh, Tim Anderson comes up to the plate. He's one of their best players, and he hits a home run into the corn, and that's the game because they hit the home run, and they were the last team to bat, so that was it. They won the game 9-8, to, nine to eight, I think. And uh, it was so. It is so cool that just the outfield. There was no stands in the outfield, and it was all the corn. 
So he just hits a home run into a cornfield. <laughs> yeah. And that was it. And then, so right after he hits the home run, it did concern me a little bit. Because they started shooting off fireworks from right behind the outfield. Yeah. And I was like, isn't that bad in the corn? What if it catches on fire? (laughs) No, it just makes popcorn. (laughs) That's all it does. So, Isaiah, who was actually in the game? Because it shows like they had like classic uh, uniforms and stuff. So I can't tell. Oh, it was the White Sox and the Yankees. And the Yankees, okay. Yeah. And thankfully, the Yankees lost. (laughs) So we can all be happy about that one. Isaiah, make sure you just get your Google Doc out on what Hudson likes and doesn't. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Let me just take notes on all this. Everyone hates the Yankees. I want to come in yeah. here and like something that he does. He clearly doesn't. <laughs> doesn't hate. They also, uh, Tim Anderson, who hit the home run, yeah. he said in the interview and in, in post game, he said he's never even seen the movie. Uh, yeah. Well, him and I both. Where, so it's Field of Dreams. I'll have to see where it's streaming because I bet a lot yeah, of people will it has, watch oh, it. I yeah. bet you the numbers blew up on Field of Dreams last, or maybe not as much last night, probably leading up to the game. And are you and supposed then to watch it with your dad? Like, isn't it a, it feels like it's a, a dad movie. movie? I mean, it stars cry. Kevin Costner. So. Well, he's such a dad. He is a dad. <laughs> Unlike uh, Ellie Kemper, he's very a very, very paternal figure. Uh, did you see? Also, the ticket prices were insane. That's how you know it was a big deal. Yeah. Because, now granted, they could only seat 8,000 people. Oh, I thought it's way more than I thought they could. No, yeah. The, but uh, for those 8,000 people, the cheapest ticket available leading up to the game, uh, like on the yesterday afternoon, $1,225. Oh, oh my gosh. Whoa. Yeah. That was one of the first things I thought to when I was watching because you could tell like the stands were small. Like there wasn't yeah. a lot of seats. I was like, I wonder how expensive it was to yeah, get in there because they were crazy. showing the stands. You know, there were so many p- famous people there. I was like, those tickets were all like VIP. Yeah. Like yeah. I couldn't have bought one of those. Which is kind of too bad. You would think a They're game in a cornfield in Iowa, it would be like the well, hoi polloi out there. But instead, <laughs> I'll tell it's you what, Kevin Costner. I, if I paid for the tickets, I would have taken some corn with me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> I'm taking my bag and I'm like, s- taking some sweet corn. I saw the players uh, for the White Sox actually were eating the corn, and I just want to know, did it actually taste good? I don't know. No chance. (laughs) So that was the Field of Dreams game last night, um, which everybody seemed to be pretty excited with. Yeah, it would be cool if they can do that again, but... I don't know if it would be the exact same to do it a second time, but mm-hmm. they need to come up with more events like this that are make baseball fun. Something to listen to when you meant to work out but tripped into a box of donuts. This is Radio U's Worst of the Ride. Did you see the guy who uh, got arrested at McDonald's for tattooing people? In the McDonald's? In the McDonald's. Like in the the inside area? Yep, in the lobby. That's because no one else is going in. In the dining no, area, yeah. No, catch him. But in the employees... They're too busy working to or, actually pay attention to them. Or they got some uh, kickbacks, some free tattoos. Yeah, maybe they were the- <laughs> That's right. They were the ones benefiting <laughs> off of it. Well, oh the problem my. was this guy, he was not only tattooing out of a McDonald's, which technically is not a crime, I guess, but what is a crime is tattooing without a license oh. and, te- and tattooing someone who's underage, which oh, he also yeah. was doing. So it was in South Carolina. They said it was late on a Friday evening. You could go get... Get your tattoo done yeah. and eat. <laughs> Get a time. Big Mac yeah. and tattoo a Big Mac on you. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> to to <laughs> memorize the occasion. So the guy's name was Brandon, and it, it was in con- uh, connection with an August 6th tattooing uh, 
at McDonald's uh, about 70 miles from Columbia, South Carolina. Oh, that's helpful information. I, well, I want to know it? where. Yeah. Uh, I need some work done. It's ob- <laughs> <laughs> well, now he's in behind bars oh, or something. So. Out and yeah, I don't fine. know. How much, what kind of punishment do you get for tattooing in a McDonald's? I think people are most concerned about the health aspect of it. Yeah. Traditionally, if you get a tattoo done, it's in a studio, uh-huh. it's a parlor. Yeah, they uh, have the little cloths they wipe and like yeah, on your like arm or whatever, sanitize a, you. You're in a sanitized place. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't I haven't been into McDonald's yeah. in a while, so I don't know how clean well, it's staying. But maybe the salt from the fries, you know, cleans <laughs> cleans it out. It's sanitary, it. isn't it? <laughs> when you're done with the tattoo, they put a salt. Um, like a salt layer on it. <laughs> I think that would burn. Yeah, ouch. <laughs> uh, I I don't know. I just it doesn't seem like uh, like it would be that big of a deal. Now, but it's with a child when it's so it's somebody who's under eighteen, and I'm sure that's why this guy. That's the problem. He, it's because of the child, and because he didn't have a permit, he obviously like those are connected. So he had he he knew how to tattoo. Mm. He had the equipment. And so he knew he had to have a place to run his operation where he'll do it under the table for you. Sure. And I, Literally I just and don't know don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know why he chose a McDonald's. Well, okay. I think don't overthink the tattooing though. Because if mm-hmm. again, if you get any work done, it's nice. There's a big setup, mm-hmm. it's in a space, it's great. Yeah. I, as because we've been around bands for a very long time. Uh-huh. You can also just get a Amazon kit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And it's not for anything pretty. Pretty. Uh-huh. Like, look at my line. Yeah. And so you can get, you know, uh, many style of tattoos done uh, at the table mm-hmm. at a McDonald's. Yeah. Oh, I believe that. It doesn't mean that they're going all out. So doing it probably wasn't very fancy. You, you I don't feel, think so. Did you feel bad for that? child however old they were i don't Stop know Stop saying child because well, it makes me think it's like a baby <laughs> it was probably a teenager i don't but know young they, they said they're uh getting their tattoo they're all excited and then it gets interrupted by the police <laughs> all of a sudden now they have a half tattoo and your nugget mcorder uh, for mcdonald's yeah and it has to get cold because the police are questioning you what a I, horrible night for them i would suggest you find a better place yeah uh, and if someone offers to do your tattoo at mcdonald's or like a wendy's or mm-hmm. a oh, Taco Bell. <laughs> oh my gosh. You just they say just no, let it go there. Even if it's free and you find another place to go. Yeah, I guess so. But if you're if you're underage, you gotta do something. You can find someone else. <laughs> <laughs> Think of it as athleisure for your ears. Radio use worst of the riot podcast. There was one thing that a lot of fans were very upset about, and that is the next Marvel movie that is going to be released is called Shang-Chi uh, and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, that's It's got uh, more of a kung fu type feel to it. And it is coming out later this year. I, For some reason, this article does not tell me the date. I think it's October, okay. sometime in October. And Disney wanted to let you know that when that releases later this year, it is going to be... Only available in theaters. They are not doing premiere access with it. Oh, they're not doing the thirty dollar thing. Yeah, they're Ah. not doing that for this one. I wonder why. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you, Black Widow lawsuit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if it's really. That has to play into it somehow. But still, if Disney was very confident that they had a leg to stand on with that, I'm sure Mm -hmm. they would just keep doing their thing. Uh, So it may be related to that, or maybe they're just thinking they think they can make more money this way, which is. 
seems difficult to believe based on what other movies have been making well, that think, haven't been streaming. I think the Black Widow one really threw them mm-hmm. because it just died down so quickly. Yeah. And people blamed it dying down on, well, then so many got together and watched it mm-hmm. like on Disney Plus at home. Yeah. So instead of those individual people paying to go see it in theaters. Right. I think they just had to accept that the interest in it just died down. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So we weren't having Black Widow parties. <laughs> and we weren't all, you know, cheating by having, you know, tons of friends over yeah, right. for the one thirty dollars showing. But something has to get blamed for it. And so I think that that's what they're trying to blame. Uh, but I don't know. They're not being to they're not saying a lot on you know why this movie will only be in theaters Mm -hmm. because i felt like disney was kind of happy before black widow with how that whole setup was going yeah that's that's what's interesting because even because they make a lot of money with it that's what i was gonna say even when you look at black widow they are upset it seems uh that it died that the movie just dropped off a cliff after Mm -hmm. the opening weekend but that opening weekend it made a lot of money and not just in theaters where it did make a decent amount but it also made a lot on Disney Premier Access. So you wonder uh, if they're just, if they're a little shy after the, after how that all went down with Scarlett Johansson, or if there's, uh, if they just think that, that there's a reason that they're not going to make as much money with it doing it that way. Sure. It's, it's, it's hard to understand. I, I don't want to be mean. Never mm-hmm. want to. We uh-huh. want to be positive, right? Yeah. But when watching the trailer for that movie, and yeah. because it's a character so removed from the main Marvel universe yeah. that we're so like used to, mm-hmm. I felt like they would have said it was only on Disney Plus and not in theaters. <laughs> yeah. So I thought it was going to be the other way. Are you t- wait? Are you talking about Black Widow or this or Shang Chi? Yeah, this no, one. I'm totally with you. <laughs> I think Disney needs to temper their expectations with this because I think that there's a couple things. One. Like you're saying, it is not a character that even probably the most Marvel diehards. I've Mm -hmm. never heard of it. And and I'm not saying that I'm a diehard, but like I'm in on all the movies and I have no idea who this is. And the trailer didn't look so amazing that that it's really drawn you in. And then on top of that, they also have to remember there might be a bit of an overload of Marvel content to where when you're putting stuff out so frequently it starts to not feel as exciting, especially, mm. again, when it's somebody that most people aren't familiar with, a character that people aren't. He's never been in any of the movies before, yeah. so we don't know that, and we don't know him from he's a big name. It's not like you're bringing in uh, like the Silver Surfer or something. Although maybe, uh, Even that doesn't feel like Well, for you. <laughs> I know, but, I know, I've heard it, but even that yeah, one doesn't feel like the strong know, one. Just like kind of names that th- this is not somebody that anybody... The only if you are super into the comics, I'm guessing, is this somebody that you're well, familiar with? I need to look it up again because Shang Chi, I think, is not even the right way to say it. It's, it's got a <laughs> we different. We don't even know how I, to. Say. I don't even know with that, but that's what it looks like. Yeah. So that's but a lot of people call it. But you'll have to wait 45 days for it to be from theaters into Disney. Plus. You might be thinking that this won't be quite as bad the second time around. Well, you'd be greatly mistaken. We're listening to the worst of the Riot podcast. And I didn't realize how eager people would be to help me plan my vacation. Next Friday, he's going to Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge. And so you'll be gone uh, through that Monday after. Yeah, yeah. So I leave Thursday, but I'll be be doing the show on Thursday, but I'll be leaving afterwards and getting there on Thursday sometime. Mm -hmm. And then I've got the whole weekend all the way till Monday. Yeah, got a lot to cover. And with all the restaurants people are recommending, 
it's going to be hard to to find all the time to eat at all of them, but I'm I'm uh, looking forward to that. So who do we hear from? Well, Jenna said the gondola and the ice skating at Ober is yeah, something you want to try. That is, uh, I've been looking at a lot of the different ones where you go up the mountain and on a ski lift or whatever, and then there's stuff to do at the top of the mountain. So yeah. that's one of them, and that one looks really cool. Uh, and like they all have their pros and cons, I guess. With Ober. It seemed to me, and maybe Jenna knows more about this, that you pay you have to pay to go up and actually enter, and then they also want you to pay for any other thing you want to add on up there. Yeah. So it's like you could just go up there and stand, and that'll cost you $50, <laughs> or you can go and stand and ride the mountain coaster, and that's, and that's 50. another $50. So, I mean, I don't know exactly how it works, well, but I mean, I'm going to have to do some of that stuff for sure, though. Maybe there's a, because I was telling Hudson, like, everything fun is up, so you yeah. take, there's a lot of ski lifts, like, uh-huh. A lot of little gondola rides. Yeah. Um, so maybe there's another way. You'll have to walk up the side of the, <laughs> of the mountain to try to get like at least $50 off your trip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and some of them they do. It's kind of just all inclusive. And then they have a few things you can add on. So yeah. I don't know. We'll see how much of those I have time for. I don't know how different they all are either. Uh, we're going up the ski lift. Uh, you know, like, what do they all have different at the top of the mountain? Well, she just texted back, said legit money, oh, so yeah. <laughs> just be aware. Anthony said, and this is what Meg had recommended, a place called Bennett's Barbecue. Uh-huh. He said the burnt ends are a must-have. Okay. So that must be a... I do love burnt ends. That's a, a barbecue thing. Yeah. And says the um, Rainbow Falls hike is a ga- uh, a very good, fairly easy hike to do. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so try that one. I, was, I wanted to look into, because it's not as glamorous... But I didn't know what kind of hiking Mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff you can get into. And, I mean, it's in the mountains, so there must be some good stuff. Jesse says the Smoky Mountain Pancake House. It looks like there's a bunch of pancake places. Yeah. It was good for breakfast. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, too. I definitely, normally, I don't get up in time to go out and eat breakfast. But I think (laughs) on vacation, ironically. You'll make time. Hold on. I just said, normally I don't get up in time. I get up at 4 a.m. Well, you're here and you have breakfast. But, yes, I can't eat breakfast here. I can't get it from a restaurant normally, so well, on vacation, gonna... I'll sleep in past 4 a.m. and still be able to get up in time to go get breakfast. Well, if anybody has any ideas, again, thanks for planning his vacation for him. Yeah. You almost have all your meals prepared. Do we have like, like a, a AAA agent that would like to <laughs> schedule everything out, get me an itinerary, a trip tick? That would anybody be good. Anybody want to get a trip tick so, for uh, me? Hudson's going next Friday to Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge, so if you've ever been around in that area, it's good to help him out. Yes, and I will be contractually op- obligated to take a bunch of pictures and videos and yes, especially of the food and post them all over the <laughs> uh, socials. So You're be not, on the lookout for that. The show might not technically be going with you, uh-huh. but we are. Yeah. <laughs> so, so make sure you take all the pictures so we can feel like we were on the trip. If you missed out on the next riot moment when it originally aired, you don't know how lucky you are. You're listening to the worst of the riot podcast. When I go on vacation, I'll actually be able to go out for breakfast. Mm-hmm. And if I go to IHOP, I might be able to get some beer with my breakfast. Oh, are these going to sell alcohol at IHOP? Yeah, they oh, sure are. I don't think that, that mixes well, guys. Uh, you shouldn't have such a, a carb-heavy meal and alcohol, <laughs> so... Like if you're having pancakes well, and beer. Maybe it's a little hair of the dog that bit you. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> and I'm worried it's kinda like what was the other place? What's the uh Cracker Barrel? No. Waffle House? Yeah. Denny's 
Waffle House and the pizza place, uh, which pizza is a stretch. Uh, Chuck E. Cheese. That. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. It's, that, it's like when you bring in alcohol in certain areas yeah. and certain places, uh-huh. everybody's so amped up for like... You know, certain things, and it doesn't work. I imagine the IHOP crowd being very calm. No, I think it's generally like a more senior special type crowd. See, I don't think it is. You don't think so? I see a lot of, because I'm on the public freakout Reddit forums, Uh a lot of IHOP. Well, it's open 24 hours, right? That's why. That's 100% why. That's why why you get those issues. But So uh, they're going to contribute to those issues, I guess. During the evening hours, the overnight hours. Is it spiked syrup or what is Uh, it? (laughs) Let's see. They're going to have local beer and wine options as well as your national brands like Bud Light, Blue Moon, Corona, and they'll have mimosas. It's not a brunch place. What do you mean? It's open 24-7. I just don't feel like it's the same fit. I'm pretty sure they have brunch on the menu. (laughs) So... You can get your barefoot bubbly brute wine. Oh, no. And pair that with your, I keep wanting to say Grand Slam, but that's totally Denny's. That's Denny's, Denny's So yeah. whatever they have at IHOP. The pancakes. They Well, yeah, but don't they have like a specific, what are they known for? Uh, Well, That's pancakes. the problem with IHOP, isn't it? <laughs> Just lots of different Everybody ones. knows Denny's. They are synonymous with Grand Slam. What is IHOP synonymous with? It's about to be... Getting drunk at 6 a.m. apparently. I guess the problem, the concern is for people who are already uh, impaired. Yeah. And going there and then you're adding more to it. But this is only being tested in three locations, mm-hmm. San Diego. Uh, let's see, three locations in San Diego and in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And they're uh, trying. It's the Bubbles Wine and Brews menu. Uh-huh. And they'll see how it goes. They also want to expand to New York, Rhode Island, Maryland, and Ohio in the next few months. And then all franch- franchises. I forgot that there are franchises. Yeah, they will have access to the menu soon. So they're uh, they're trying it out. And I guess we should be fair, Uh if you go to IHOP, will have to abide by all of the same local laws anyway. So it's not like they're offering alcohol when nobody else is. Sure. So if it's like 3 a.m. after all the after last call everywhere else, IHOP shouldn't be contributing more alcohol to the situation. <laughs> they shouldn't. But who knows? They might. They say that uh, the president of IHOP said introducing alcoholic beverages is a terrific innovation and evolution for the company. Uh, they say in hopes of attracting new guests during different times of the day. Uh-huh. I read that as attacking guests <laughs> because you know fights will break out, but it's fine. Sometimes these businesses just need to learn once it happens and then they'll yeah. just take it away quietly. Do you think IHOP, they're open 24 hours, but they're generally, people would not go as much for dinner, I would think. So maybe, and that's why they tried the International House of Burgers IHOP thing a while ago. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get people to come in at night because it'd be weird if they opened at like 2 a.m. and then stayed open until 2 p.m. and then closed. I don't know. So they're trying to justify being open all in that middle time. Well, Carl, good point. Mimosas are way too fancy for IHOP. <laughs> and uh, I might just agree with you on that. Uh-huh. And then someone else said something. Oh, Hardy says Rudy Tootie Fresh and Fruity. Is that's, that, what that's their like that fancy pancake, pancake thing? Or like their signature dish. There it is. Yeah. Rudy Tootie Fresh and Fruity and Bubbly Broody. And then <laughs> you'll be good to go. Never want to hear you say that again. <laughs> We would say rate and review the podcast, but uh, let's be honest, that would probably hurt more than hell. The worst of the Riot Podcast.
It is time. Yay. We've got a party in the studio. It's it, a lot of people. It's, <laughs> it's the protest is good here morning. with us. Good, good to have you with us, guys. Why don't you, first of all, go through and introduce each of yourselves? Should we go in order by most handsome? Yeah. Or <laughs> what do you usually do here? Do you have the list of where you know, or you already have that prepared? Well, it's pretty much Jerob starts, <laughs> and then we just kind of fight for our position. You go after this uh, line, whatever right. uh, So uh, my name is uh, Joshua Bramlett. I'm the lead singer. What's up? I'm Adam, and I'm the lead guitarist. Hello. My name is TJ, and I play guitar. Uh, I'm Jared, and I'm the drummer. All right. All handsome right. one, yes. <laughs> handsome yes. one. But TJ, you're TJ, right? Yes. Does anyone tell you you look like Chris Martin from Coldplay? I have no. not gotten oh that. Oh, my gosh. I can no. that. Really? Because it's, it's uncanny, actually, to me. Maybe I, the I hair's mean, a little not, different. but I'm not mad about it. He's all, <laughs> yeah, all yellow. There you go. I was going to say, no, it's a good uh, joke. You do look a little yellow today. Good one. Well, welcome to the protest for Radio U Ohio. They're going to be at Move the Hills tomorrow in Logan, Ohio. So we're so mm-hmm. glad you guys got to come in today. Very yeah, stoked, stoked to be here. Be here. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. You are very, very welcome. So tell us first about the live show experience. It looks like you guys have been out playing a few shows already this year, so you got your feet wet a little bit. Are you back into the full touring swing of things, you think? Um, yeah, you know, we, uh, we were very fortunate, you know, last, uh, you know, uh, 2020 was rough on, on bands Uh on, you know, on touring, uh, musicians and, you know, ministries, but, you know, we were able to probably squeeze off about 30 shows. Most of them were outside in 2020, but Mm. this year it's just, it's been an amazing summer. You know, we've been on the road most of the summer. It's been so good to, to get back out there and see our fans and our friends and just the whole environment and the whole language of, of everything is just more positive this summer so yeah. right um yeah i mean we are beyond stoked to be playing live again that's I for feel sure like people really did miss having concerts and as people move inside with concerts as well like it's just everybody appreciates it and for some didn't realize that bands need the touring aspect like you can put out songs you can put out music videos but like you have to go tour that that makes the band a possible thing so uh supporting the band while they do shows is still really important to get back into yeah totally definitely um so also i wanted to ask you guys about the music video for show up to the show now <laughs> because we just added that to radio utv you and it is starting today yeah yes. it's really cool so where did walk us back all the way to where that idea came from where that was going to be like as soon as you wrote the song did you know this is the video or where did that come along uh okay when we, when we wrote the song had no idea it the video would take the shape that it did but Usually, like, we're all very creative guys, and we just wanted to, so we always come together, like, everybody bring your ideas, and let's just figure out how to do, like, the the best idea, mm. and we all, like, we're huge movie buffs, and, uh-huh. like, we, we love going to the movies, and <clears throat> we just uh, kind of came up with, like, okay, what if, so, the like, with the song, it's about um, just kind of going through your challenges and always showing up. For your challenges and try to take them head on. Yeah. And you're you're not going to win every single one of them. So we just kind of like wanted to have a, a fun take on that. So we just started like, okay, what if we can just play in a movie theater or like in, in front of the screen or something, then just start having like all these different movie cut scenes. We wanted to spoof like certain movies, but it just kind of morphed into different things. But 
we just kind of like, okay, let's see, can we do this? And we had a few other ideas. We're like, okay, this is the best one. Like, can we do this? And then we just started. Uh, like the Western. <laughs> exactly. Like we just started. We just like, yeah, we all, like, um, like Jareb, he's really into Western. He's like, it's kind of like his thing. He like, he loves having a mustache. Like DJ. <laughs> I, I know. I know you guys all. <laughs> TJ loves basketball. I mean, he knows stats and Josh, like they know stats like crazy. And um, the dance off, my wife is actually a professional dancer. And I was like, we have to like. Have a dance, dance off. Yeah. We have to dance against, against each other. So we just really want to have fun with this video. And um, so once the juices got going, we just. Like, yeah, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this, and let's just see if we can make it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, our videos up until this point have been very serious. And, you know, we always have something to say. You know what I mean? Um, and, of course, this song also has something to say, but we we wanted to do a video that just brought people some joy. Yeah. <laughs> especially in this time where it's been crazy, and, you know, um, it gives us a good excuse to just be in our uh, natural state, which is... <laughs> Somewhat idiotic, and uh, so yeah. need to flourish. Exactly. I mean, you know, we were right in our wheelhouse, and it was kind of a blessing because um, there was a lot of moving parts uh, to mm-hmm. this video, and we didn't have much time to plan it. So, like, I mean, we had to find a movie theater that like was old school that still did like, you know what I mean? And yeah, it, it, still had the look. Yeah, we 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 had one week to like get everything going, and our our extras were just fans and friends from all over the country. And wow. It was, it was such yeah. a blessing. I mean, I mean, there were people from, you know, 10 hours away that came to be in a, you know, being a scene that's, you know, it, it probably took them an hour Aww. and then they drove home. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was really, really cool. That's, that's really cool that you fit it all into a week. Cause I was thinking watching it, I was like, man, I wonder how all those different locations and stuff. It feels like that must've taken together. forever. Think of it as athleisure for your ears. Radio U's worst of the Riot Podcast. We were talking off, uh, if you were on the Radio U, again, Riot Facebook page, you saw that we got talking about how, because everything is about me, and I'm going to (laughs) Gatlinburg, and... (laughs) Well, you're excited because you haven't had a vacation in a while. I haven't. So you're going to Pigeon Forge and Gatlinburg. I've never been to that area before. And but you guys were saying that you've been, and it was there was a beauty pageant involved. Yeah. So Which one of you participated? <laughs> and one. <Of> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's a yeah. He definitely won that one. Uh, no, so there's actually a couple Gatlinburg things. Um, it, it may have been that same night. So yeah. So our old bass player, great dude. His beautiful daughter uh, when she was really young. She was in a beauty pageant in Gatlinburg. We were on the road and we swung by and uh auto support. Yeah. Aww. And what we didn't know was like I think we all thought that we were just going to like watch her event, her yeah. category. <laughs> oh. We watched like every age bracket, every category. <laughs> oh, no. It took 19 hours. <laughs> That's how long it was. Are these That's... the type where it's like the really big crowns and it's there was it's a really big crown. overdone, yeah. And uh I don't know if it was that night, but um we slept in our van in the Smoky Mountains uh, <laughs> near Gatlinburg. It was a lot colder than we thought. Um, Jareb di- didn't have a bench seat, and he's the youngest, so he slept in, like, that little wedge between. Oh, oh no. And, uh, and for some reason, we were all really afraid of Bigfoot that night, and <laughs> it was kind of hard to sleep. So, yeah. 
Good times. But the we beauty pageant like went well. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to go, I think, in and out of a beauty or any kids event. Yeah. You think you can just slip in and out for the one child that you want to see, but I don't think that's how it works normally. No. Not in the no. beauty pageant world. No. It this, they will shine a spotlight on you and yes. shame you for leaving during that little girl's routine she you. practiced so long for. Her. Well, if you want to head over again to Radio U Riot on Facebook and YouTube, you can see the protest, uh, the glasses. Do you guys sell them at shows? Or we sure do. you have pins, too? Yep. And shirts, I'm sure, other oh, yeah. merch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All, all that good stuff. All the good stuff. <laughs> uh, and so then Move the Hills is tomorrow with Spoken and Disciple and the protest. And then talk, t- definitely talk about your EP that comes out oh, on the right. 27th. Yeah, August 27th. Uh, you can tell you're excited about it. Yeah. Well, it's more who is the it's, most yeah. excited. Yeah. It's a classic. Who's going to answer this one? Yeah, if, if we don't kind of look at them sometimes, uh, Sarge and I will usually just kind of uh, do all the talking. So. You got all the details. Yeah. Jerb and I are definitely the quiet ones. So, um, no, we have an EP coming out August 27th. It's called Death Stare. Um, we're super, super stoked about it. Um, we put a lot of time and effort into it during the COVID break. Mm. Um, and we're really, really stoked with how it came out. We we do really feel like it's our best work yet. So Well, we were talking with Fever Fever earlier this morning because they're doing an EP, too. And so everybody's always like, well, how many how many songs does an EP make? <laughs> 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 or like it's all going to be on this one instead of releasing them individually. How many songs are you guys going to put? So this will be six songs. Six. Okay. Yeah. Six. There that you go. That seems to be the EP number. Yeah. Anymore, <laughs> and it becomes an album. It's an album with that. Well, that's cool. So Death Stare, that's the EP, is going to be out on the 27th. Do you have any special plans for release day or anything else in the next few weeks? Just more shows? So the release day, we're actually playing with Saliva. Remember that band? <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow. So that'll be that's good. random. Yeah. A good sure celebration. Uh, and uh, yeah, there's going to be, I'm not sure what time it is. I'm not sure if I can say this, but I'll go ahead and say it. There's going to be a really cool merch bundle for this EP, so we're super excited to get that out there. Um, and yeah, I think I think we're just pumped to put out new music. Our song Greater is going to be on this as well, mm-hmm. um, since that was kind of on its own. So uh, yeah, super pumped. Well, the EP again, Death Stare, will be out on the 27th. Uh, check out the protest online for more details. Move the Hills tomorrow with Spoken and Disciple for uh, that show. And then always show up for uh, more of the showdown. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for the song and for the protest as well. You guys just are awesome. And we're so glad you got to come in and yeah, hang out. Thanks, it was so guys. nice to meet you guys. Likewise. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Anytime. Absolutely. Anytime you're in the area, for sure. All we right. are honored that you guys play our stuff. And uh, re- really, the... The genre that that we're in is honored by you guys. Aww, so thank you. Sure. Thank you. For sure. Yeah. Oh, we love you guys. Thanks for listening to the Worst of the Riot podcast. Oh, no. I missed it. Do it again. You can hear us live every day on the Radio U Network through the Radio U app or at riot.radiou.com. If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and leave a review.
Beyond and hello, everyone. My name is Jonathan Dornbush, and this is Podcast Beyond, episode 714. And I am very angry this morning, but I'll get to that in a second. I'm joined this morning by Brian Altano. Did I do it? Did I piss No, you didn't do it. No, it's not your fault. But I'm also joined by Max Scoville. It's not his fault either. You're one of those people, if when you're extremely angry, I can't tell, which makes me just so scared that you're constantly I'm angry. so upset, you guys. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm upset because I had a ton of couch puns prepared for this show because there was a possibility I was going to have a couch delivered while we were filming this episode. And I was so prepared. I had like a dozen puns ready to go. And then this couch showed up like two hours before the episode. And there it oh. is. And oh. it's it's just here. Your dog, your dog loves it. That's yeah. Cool. He's he's snoozing. He he's he'll Breaking make more in. more cameos, I guess. Uh, but yeah. So I lost all that pun potential, and so now we just have to talk about PlayStation. I'm sorry. Mm, that's okay. What we have to do on this PlayStation podcast. Uh, <laughs> but we do have a lot to talk about this week, uh, including and let's begin with I think uh, as always the continued saga of Abandon, aka the thing everyone hopes is Metal Gear Solid or Silent Hill or a Kojima game, but it isn't for sure um for those who weren't paying attention this week after the delay a couple weeks ago of the abandoned real-time experience app which is available on ps5 uh the the first update to it which was supposed to have a teaser sort of real-time trailer in it we're not exactly clear on what it was supposed to be was supposed to appear as of recording yesterday at noon pacific it was supposed to show up in the app we were supposed to have access to it and be able to see what this game actually was and then it got delayed. Uh, right around about 20 minutes after the app uh, was supposed to launch with this trailer, uh, Blue Box Studios, the, the company behind whatever Abandoned is, tweeted out about how uh, there were problems with the update and they would get back to people as quickly as possible. They were working on it. Uh, there was an update later in the evening yesterday. It was not updated by then. And then there was an update earlier today, uh, just to read it, um, about six hours ago as of recording. The delay is taking longer than expected, which I, is kind of what a delay is. It's something. <laughs> we are fully working. On Our this delay week. is right on time. <laughs> <laughs> we thank you for the patience and we apologize for this. This is the uh, third tweet in sort of a chain from Blue Box uh, about this uh, continued delay. As of right now, it's not uh, available. Uh, again, given the way this show works, it probably will be available after we record mm-hmm. and before the show posts. And to, to, cl- to clarify, this is not the game. This is no. an app to access the trailer. The, yes. yes. So it is the the way that the developers have explained it is they want to prove that the game is as high quality as they are promising. And rather than just making a pre-made trailer available, though they've said they will also put the trailer on YouTube at the same time it's up in the app. Uh, they want you to be able to see it running in real time on the PS5, even though it will just be a a trailer as far as we can tell that is just kind of running in the end. Um, I also don't know why the, the trailer just can't be on YouTube at this point. Uh, this is, of course, for, for those who, who don't remember, we talked about Abandon a few weeks ago uh, when the, uh, the, the breadcrumbs and conspiracy theories and the Charlie Day meme come to life. That mm-hmm. is what is abandoned, sort of took over the internet for a little bit around E3. And uh, this is the game that I think so many people really, really hope is Kojima pulling another Moby Dick Studios, is Konami trying to pull a Kojima and make a Silent Hill game. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I, like, I've always stuck by the belief that this is not any of those things and is just an indie dev kind of in over their head. Yeah. I feel like this rollout more than anything kind of proves that this is just 
in indie dev not equipped for the amount of probably exposure this game has and is having to scramble in a spot. I, there's a there's like a, a very specific tipping point that I think that happens with um, kind of like hype levels uh, before something gets announced. And I, I think that this team has now pushed past that threshold having having like that announcement set up for yesterday and then saying it was delayed and then just going radio silent um is bad but also like i i do think there's a little bit of responsibility here on playstation's side i mean shuhei yoshida was tweeting about this yesterday and like that that dude is high enough you know hi shu if you're listening big fan love you but you're high enough in the company that like you know either you know something or you should know something or like you shouldn't kind of be in the same place where the rest of us are where you're kind of guessing on what's next here like there's the surprises should be sort of minim, minimalized on your side um it's also like with the certification process of getting something published on the playstation store i didn't know it was something you kind of like just jerk around like this like this feels like what the app store does on on iphone where they're just like oops uh you know there's like a there's a new game out you know skyrim's here or something or we didn't have a release date like this is this is how video games launched in the 80s where they just appeared in some stores some days. Uh, I, I feel like a lot of the goodwill has been burned out here by this studio. I, I feel like they are in over their head. And I feel like it's, it's like it's, it's crappy to the fans, not because they've kind of gone wild with conspiracy theories to, to a certain point. I, I don't, you know, I don't blame them for that. They've been fed the breadcrumbs. I'm, you know, sympathetic to the limitations of the technical sides of an independent studio and sympathetic to everything that's going on with the, with the world and why that could and will and has delayed several things. But at some point you have to go like put up or shut up, like show us what you, what you want here. Like if I'm, if I'm cooking dinner and it's taking too long and or, or I screw it up, I order pizza. I don't just like tell my family to go to bed hungry and, and you know, throw everything out. Like at some point you got to put some food on the table here. So I hope they do that soon. Um, I fear for the backlash. It's going to happen if it's not, uh, anywhere near what people are expecting it to be and what they frankly like kind of led people to believe it might be. Yeah. Also, I, the, the, the sense I'm getting is that this, like it's a, it's a trailer app, meaning that it's, it's just, it's not, it's not a demo, right? It's not like a game. It's not playable. It's not going it's just, to be a, a playable teaser, if you will. No. Why not? Right. Okay. Then why, like why it seems like completely just, I get that they want to show off that yes, this is actually running on PlayStation five hardware, but like, having a little thing at the bottom of the screen and having your video up on the PlayStation official YouTube channel, I feel like covers that for the most part. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I would just as soon hold off and wait until they have a demo. You know, like I want to, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to download an app to watch a video that's rendered. Like, that just seems like it's, it's like a completely arbitrary way of showing something off. I don't and understand the that. Of, yeah. Yeah. So really, I don't know. Yeah. Hassan, uh, the, the, the front person essentially for the studio who many people have assumed is the hired actor to be, you know, Kojima's front man. I think mm -hmm. he's just actually a developer uh, has said that the reason they created this was because they, uh, as an indie studio, their, their budget for marketing is very limited. They thought something like this would bring more attention and show the fidelity of the game. And like, granted, it's really bringing the attention. Uh, you know, obviously I, I think a lot more people are paying attention to this because of the botched kind of rollout of all of this, but also because as Brian, you were saying like the very mixed messaging that has led to all the conspiracy theories and things. And it, it's something that like, I, I think, you know, it, it's, it's a little hard to separate for me because we often talk a lot about 
having a lot of sympathy for the developers who are, who are put under enormous pressures for things. But this is also a game where they've been marketing it and stumbling at every point to the point that for me, it feels intentional to lead people on. Like there was the most recent teaser image before the trailer sort of tease was, you know, get ready for abandon on July 27th with a blurred out image of a guy with an eye patch. And it's right. like, they know people think this is Kojima. They know people think Konami's involved. I know they've put out tweets that say they are not Konami, and I believe that, but they know the vast majority of attention is because people think it's that. And to mm -hmm. do that just eggs on those conspiracy theories. And again, granted, man, that really brings people attention to your game. Like people are definitely paying attention, but I got to imagine it's going to earn people when the game gets revealed. And I believe, you know, we, we may very well still be proven wrong, but I believe it is not Kojima making. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. Wait, so I, I, I've been thinking about a lot. Uh, when I was a kid, I went with my family to Washington Square Park in New York City, and there was this dude doing street magic there. And at the beginning of it, he got like a whole crowd of people around. And he was like, at the end of this show, I'm going to climb through my hat. No one's ever done anything like this before. But if you all pay me, um, I'm going to do the trick at the very end. And so he did all these like kind of low level street magic tricks, not even like David Blaine stuff where he's levitating, just like card tricks and the coin from the ear like uncles do. Um, and at the very end, uh, he had like this gigantic hat full of money and he's like, you all want me to climb through this right now. Right. But, um, yeah, well, we're gonna have to do that another time. And then he left with like a hat full of money and everybody I've just, I remember being like a kid and being like 25 people just got ripped off in the middle of this park. We all got tricked and that sucks. <laughs> and he left. And I was like, that, that's sort of like, this is evoking similar feelings. Obviously we haven't paid for this, but we are investing time and sort of like our, our, our brain power in debating and discussing and uh, who do, do we blame the fans for hyping this do we blame the devs for hyping this do we blame kojima do we blame sony like it's just a whole it's a whole big thing that hasn't really led to anything yet and it just kind of feels like we're getting hoodwinked right here and i i i have to just keep reminding myself that there you know there has to be a better way to drum up attention for your project like i understand that it's a competitive market out there and it's it's, it's cutthroat and it's, there's so a hundred games released every second at this point, but there's got to be a better and less nefarious and less sort of misleading way to drum up support and attention for your, for your new game. Like I, there's just gotta be like, this just doesn't feel right so far. Yeah. I, yeah. It just, it's, it strikes me as like, I mean, we're, I feel like we're good at being professionally disappointed and frustrated <laughs> by things. And I think a lot of people in the audience or, you know, the people who were expecting this to be a silent Hill game or people who have like, who've, you know, taking those hints and those teases and those, uh, like, I, do these people have PR? Do they have a PR person who's in charge of, of their, like they say, I don't have enough money for marketing in the conventional sense. And they're doing a, a playable teaser app or whatever. But like, I feel like this is just a, this is going to be, a, this is a disaster waiting to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, I think people are going to get angry. You know, it's boy, it's boy who cried wolf stuff. Like, and it's, it's, yeah, I, I think it would almost be, I don't know. It, it, is it preferable to have a, you know, a game that's that's received quietly or, you know, quieter than you might like, but maybe positively or a game that's received with outrage and disappointment on a grander scale. Like what it seems just like a kind of a gamble. And with, yeah, know, with, again, we're, we're talking about we're talking about nothing. It's got this 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 trailer we've seen so far. The minute is a bunch trailer. of shots of trees. Yeah, it's just trees in the, and it looks gorgeous. But it's also like that's I mean, that's like tech demo stuff like we've seen. We've seen that. And I get that they want to show something off that's like. Oh, here's what the gameplay looks like. 
you know, in, in action on your PS5. And that's, that's great too. But like, I, I just, I don't, it, I don't know. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, and again, like we, we are incredibly sympath- sympathetic to, to the way the world has impacted game dev. If you look at this fall, uh, it is unrecognizable release wise from what we anticipated even two months ago, right? Like so much stuff has shifted. Um, and I, I, I feel like if they, and what we've seen with a lot of studios is they put out like an image on Twitter and they go, Hey, like, you know, given the safety of our com- our company and our employees and the well-being of everybody, we've made the hard decision to move our game to Q1 2022. And if you read the responses outside of a couple of garbage boys, most of the people are overwhelmingly sympathetic to that. I think all of us are kind of like, take your time, do your thing. We all have the news. We know what's going on out there. Like, do your thing. This is This doesn't feel like that's what's happening here. This just, it feels like they're just kind of dragging this thing along and uh you know misleading the audience and maybe we'll hit publish on this episode and be totally proven wrong and it'll be amazing yeah. um and we can all reflect on this frustrating time as something we wouldn't that's we wouldn't us. be having this conversation if they hadn't teased a trailer so hard yeah like we, we've seen this we see this occasionally with like with movies where they put up a teaser for the trailer and it's like tune in thursday for the official world premiere trailer and they show like 10 seconds and then they slap those 10 seconds onto the front of the trailer and it's like you could just you could just start the trailers. You don't need to do that. But like, I, when's when's the last time you remember hearing about a game trailer getting delayed? It just it doesn't like it doesn't happen. You know, when you have you have demos that like there was the Final Fantasy game that had like a, a demo go up and it was like really the ser- servers were screwed up at first and didn't work and like that's understandable because it's software. But it like it was up there, but they also didn't tease that weeks and weeks in advance. You know, they they right. weren't like all right, mark your calendars, everybody. Here's when it goes live. It's kind of like. All right, check it out. It's out now, you know. There's a, there's a user on r slash the Blue Box, Blue Box Conspiracy. Blue Box is the company making this game yeah. um, called Tic Tac Paul. Shout out to Tic Tac Paul. He put together this thing called the Blue Box Game Studios Timeline, which is basically like a TLDR of here's all the times they like attempted to do playable teaser stuff like this or playable app demo stuff like this. Here's all the times that they had sort of Kickstarters that uh, failed or disappeared. Here's like their history of sort of unfinished stuff. And again, making video games is very, very hard. We're incredibly sympathetic to that, but this, uh, this does feel like, like this, there isn't really necessarily like the biggest history behind this. Now, granted there are studios that have, you know, had a bunch of bad games that have gone on to make great games. That happens all the time, but it's it's not I, I, it's not adding necessarily like a a, a mountain of optimism onto the situation already. To to kind of see their fans have the time to put this kind of stuff together and go, or not necessarily fans, just people kind of you know watching what's happening here and, and go, hey, maybe this is you know maybe these guys have been doing this sort of sleight of hand stuff for a lot longer than 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 we think. Yeah, it, it's it's just been as as you said, it, it's a pattern that feels like it extends beyond the times that we've just had this game teased, and it's uh, it's just frustrating because it's like I just would like to know what the game looks like so we can all move on from this, <laughs> and it either is cool or it's not. And, and I think like something that I kept trying to put into a tweet but couldn't like figure out the right words was sort of like there are just so many games being released. And having trailers that are that are out there and, and that are like worth a lot of time and looking into an investment and it's, and it's frustrating that this feels like it's sucking so much of the air out of the room. I mean, we're talking yeah. about it for fifteen minutes, but mm. it, it's one of those things that it's just like I am very 
looking forward to the day where we just kind of get the trailer and I wish it was just as easy as putting a trailer on YouTube. Like, but, um, for the for the meantime, it seems like we're going to be continued to be strung along by whatever this. Put up some screenshots. Is. Put up like put up concept art. Like put up something. Like show something. Like I understand that this dude, like uh, you know Hassan, is it's it's great to humanize your studio and show that off. But like, I, I just being these these constant like, hey, sorry, we're running a, bit, a little bit late. Like what's that thing where it's like if you think you're running ten minutes late, say you're running half an hour late, and then you'll show up early. You know, like just yeah. you know, <laughs> you want. You want 20 bucks, ask for 50 and maybe, maybe you'll get lucky. You know, like it's just, I, I don't know. It, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a weird case to be. And obviously once we find out whatever this game is, we'll, we'll definitely mention on, on uh, this show. But I, I know that especially a lot of the IGN audience and, and a lot of people on Twitter were sort of awaiting this as much as I, I saw a lot of uh, comparisons to Kanye dropping Donda. Uh, in the last <laughs> week and it very much feels like we're in a situation like that. I think, uh, Blessing from kind of funny had had jokingly tweeted like what if Donda drops via the abandoned and it feels thought, like we're there at this point. A, yeah. a lot of people were saying that you can't you can't spell uh, Donda without abandoned or whatever <laughs> that stupid thing, um, uh, which is great. Yeah, I mean yeah. at least with Kanye, he's you know not to give that dude the benefit of the doubt, but is he he at least is like I'm moving into my second football studio to finish my album. Like he put, he's, that dude people is updating here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. People, people have heard that album, but yeah, it's yep. a it's a strange case to be. But to sort of go back to what I was saying about like there are games to focus on. Uh, I do want to highlight uh, a a few indies that PlayStation recently highlighted as well to sort of shift away from abandoned. Uh, there was a as PlayStation tends to do every few months. It feels like uh, this is their version of like an indie world showcase, which we just got from Nintendo this week, uh, and I do want to talk about that in context. But we got a sort of uh, series of blog posts highlighting Hades, which is out this week on PlayStation, uh, as well as announcements for Carrion, which has been available on Xbox Game Pass, uh, A Short Hike, which I believe has been on PC and Switch, uh, Soul Cresta, which comes from Platinum Games and is a revival of a uh, shmup franchise from long ago, uh, Witchwood, which is this uh, cool-looking uh, indie game, and Oxenfree 2, which is, of course, the sequel to Oxenfree, uh, which is now set to come to PlayStation and other consoles in 2022. Uh, we got a series of blog posts about all these games. Uh, I personally am super excited about all of these. I haven't played uh, Carrion yet. Have either oh, of you guys? I feel like yeah. Oh yeah, kicks ass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think I platinum that game. I love that game so much. Uh, it's you could probably finish it in three to five hours. So um, if if it looks or may, if there's a launch sale or something, grab it there. Uh, it's also on Game Pass as we mentioned before. But yeah, play it if you only have a PlayStation and you love Metroidvanias. Please play that game. Um, it's a little bit sort of Metroid, a little Castlevania, a little John Carpenter's The Thing. You're this uh, giant sort of blood tentacle beast that increasingly gets bigger and bigger, gets more and more powers, uh, and you sort of eviscerate scientists, break out of a lab, and try to free yourself. It's so much fun. It's so cool. It has some of the sort of most unique sort of 2- 2D platforming player movement that I've ever experienced in a game. Uh, the bigger you get, the more sort of menacing and interesting it becomes to navigate these environments, cling to ceilings, hurl dudes around, uh, and it's super violent, but in a fun mm-hmm. cartoony way. Uh, I, I think if you if you like this genre at all and you want you want to feel accomplished and just crush through a game in a couple hours, please play Carrion. I love it because it's it's like a reverse Metroidvania where you're you know you're a blob and you're getting new power ups and stuff, but all of the all of the guys you're murdering, they're also gradually getting more gear in the sense that like nor- normally video games like, oh, yeah, you get you get to this level, you get the flamethrower. Oh, you learn how to do this. And it's like you're just killing those guys. You know, yeah. like you're you're just eating them. <laughs> it's great mm-hmm. time. Yeah. 
it looks like a really fun one and i'm excited for, for that to hit later this year they didn't give an exact release date but hopefully sometime in the fall uh, a short hike is uh a beautiful indie that i've i've heard amazing things of and it's apparently also like a two-hour game to experience um I've, I've seen it compared to like basically a mini open world adventure game with uh some animal crossing dna in there uh it looks really really cool but i have I really want to play that one yeah this looks nice yeah um, i mean Oxy- can you can you blame me i just i my mental image for this was a dare i say it walking simulator but it's like you're you're a little like you're a little penguin or a little mm-hmm. bird you walk around that seems great yeah you got into it you got to fly you got to drive a boat there's apparently some fun mini games in there it looks really cool I, i'm excited that that one's coming this fall as well uh soul cresta is platinum games reviving a space shooter series from 36 years ago uh and uh hideki kamiya wrote uh kamiya wrote a a post on the playstation blog about the making of it i'm not a huge schmup person but i think it's really funny and interesting to go read this blog post because he talks about how he loved uh moon cresta and terra cresta which were the original games and how this was something that he he loved the series and was thinking about how to re you know bring it into the future and, and bring some of the ideas forward but they didn't own the rights to this game and so he had to go pitch the company and they knew the people there, but he was like extremely nervous about it. He was worried that they weren't <laughs> going to give him the rights and that they were, they were going to like laugh him out of the room. Mm. Uh, it's, it's a really interesting story that he tells on that blog post. So I definitely go recommend you read it. Um, I've, I've enjoyed shmups in my time. It's just not something I play a ton recently, but uh, it seems like cool. And I, I definitely would check it out. Platinum I, has a great track record. <laughs> I actually really, I really like shmups, but there's like a, there's a bizarre tipping point with me where like, this sound, this sounds like kind of weird, but like when when the bullet hell gets too bullet hellish, I kind of sure. dip out. Yeah. When it's like that thing where you're just like you're fidgeting t- at tiny little player movements in between, like these just absolute, so just you know, rain showers of bullets. Like I, I really love stuff like Gradius and uh, Life Force is like one of my favorite games of all time, aka Salamander. Um, and I get into shmups here and there. Ikaruga is really great too, even though it's hard as hell. Um, but this one looks really cool. Also, I suggest if you're one of those weirdos like me that has one of those like a uh, rotating PC monitors, hook up your PS five to that and play shmups Ooh, like yeah. that. Cause it's, it's a blast to play uh, basically in tape mode or Tate, whatever they call it. Um, playing, playing shmups on like a giant vertical screen is, is super, super fun. That's a really good call. Um, and so, yeah, just to kind of keep going through these, uh, Witchwood is sort of a like uh, very beautiful looking kind of like picture book esque uh, adventure game. Uh, with a very heavy focus on crafting and, you know, brewing potions and, and things of that nature, uh, spells and whatnot. It looks really cool. I, I'd never heard of this game before, and, and that's kind of why I love these sort of rollouts, as you get to hear a little bit of, of games like this. Uh, there was also, of course, I forgot to mention at the top, but Axiom Verge 2 was in this rollout, and as we learned from the Interworld Showcase, it's out today. Uh, so right. I'm excited to jump into that one. Uh, apparently, it is essentially like two games in one uh i was reading our preview of it from i believe it was tristan uh and basically there are two different worlds that you can jump between uh to play in so that should be really interesting and then oxen free 2 is delayed till next year but is coming to uh playstation 4 and ps5 which is really cool. I, I love that first game and so it's really cool to see uh that one coming as well but i i kind of want to talk about this uh, and just kind of get your guys's thoughts because it was really interesting to me to see this roll out a blog post and i think a lot of really cool games uh you know this is not something they've it's not a brand new thing they've done this before but especially in light of the recent conversation that we had on the show and a lot of people did of like playstation's focus on indies and the commitment to indies 
uh, versus something like we had the Xbox Indie Showcase yesterday, or yeah, yesterday as of recording, uh, and the Indie World Showcase today from Nintendo. Do we feel like PlayStation should adopt a model more like that? Like, should they start dipping into state of plays that are all indie focused? Do we feel like these blog posts do enough? Like, what what do we think kind of is the balance that strike? I think uh, I think hearing from them is never a bad thing, right? Yeah. Like it's it's always good, especially this year where it feels like communication's been a little slim. Um, and you know, we we talked about in the past, like sort of gluing together a bunch of these state of plays, and they would have made a sort of bigger E three shaped press conference. But I'm I'm totally down for this. I think that like what's awesome about this is it a gives a sort of a vessel to highlight a bunch of stuff that maybe people might have slept on. And B sets the expectations really well. Like it's, I, I think when they when they take a couple of indies and they connect them to something bigger, like Ghost of Tsushima or Horizon or something like that, I think that's cool because it's sort of like when they show like a you know a short film before like a Pixar movie or something like that. You're like, oh, that's cool. I might not have seen that on its own. Um, but I think we're all here. We're all present. I, if they just came out and said, hey, we're gonna do like a little indie say to play, I'd be like, great, I'm in. Let's watch every second of that. Um, Rather than sort of it being, you know, kind of like a a little, you know, hors d'oeuvre before like a big a big meal. I think I'm hungry today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't eaten today yet either. Uh, but Max, what do you think about their their? Yeah, currently? I mean, like Brian said, I think them saying anything would be great. You know, we spent <laughs> the first 20 minutes of the show talking about an app getting delayed. <laughs> like, I feel like maybe Sony should be a little louder. Like a blog post is great. If it's 2002, like, I don't know, maybe put video of your video games up. And I get that maybe if they're if they're sandwiched between Xbox having an indie showcase and, you know, Nintendo having an indie showcase or whatever they call it, like maybe there's maybe there's some weird, you know, deals with it that the indies have to be like, oh, like, we'll you know, reveal it on the Nintendo Switch thing, but not say that it's coming to other things. Then Sony sort of piggybacks on that by being like, it's also coming to our thing, which we see all the time with like, you know, when a game gets revealed on, you know, during a. a whatever platforms e3 showcase and then it has to basically sort of have a little addendum in the press release being like it's also coming to other platforms we just exclusively revealed it over there you know like but i don't know i think sony they it's they're one of the 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 big platforms they can absolutely scoop up a few indies and be like hey you never seen this before here it is here's a reveal right here Mm -hmm. check it out like it just seems really odd that yeah like a, a blog post is great but like that's i mean if that's somebody keeping the lights on, then that's like if you, you know, you have one of those like little timers that turns on your kitchen light at, you know, 5 p.m. every day just so <laughs> burglars don't break in. Like, a, it's you know, show, <laughs> I, show some more signs of life, please. I, I think something like a showcase, um, and I think there's definitely a middle ground, like the the Xbox Indie Showcase that happened this week was a little shorter, but the first one of these they did in, in recent memory was like four hours long, and that's just too much. Uh, but, and then, you know, conversely, there's the Indie World Showcases, which are like, 18 minutes here's 30 indies that are coming out we'll, we'll see you later like there there there's, might be a middle ground there's a happy medium between a blog post that is written on a site that people maybe don't even know about and a four-hour live production <laughs> just yeah. sub- split the difference you know? there's there's definitely a middle ground that i think playstation could be hitting I, I i think you're totally right of like if they did a state of play indies it also becomes an appointment that people then go to and, and is, is something that people are more uh inclined to go check out than oh yeah they they put up four or five blog posts a day maybe i'll go check this out i even mm-hmm. uh to max what you were saying uh someone had tweeted at me yesterday because i tweeted out the ollie ollie world uh trailer that playstation had tweeted and i, I don't want to put this person on the spot so i won't name them but they were like 
do you think this was supposed to be in a state of play? Because it seems weird that they would just post this. And it's like, well, no, it was. And like both of you were saying, it was at the the Xbox show. They just aren't going to say that on the PlayStation. Um, but, you right. know, it, it is weird to see that trailer just out of the blue on the PlayStation feed as this brand new spotlight for a really cool upcoming indie that's going to be on PlayStation. Uh, and if they, you know, these blog posts are really great and there's a lot of really cool information. Like I said, the the Soul Cresta kind of story is not something that I think you'd want to spend five minutes on a in a, a indie world showcase style video about. And a blog post is a great supplement to that. But I think having a montage show that brings all that stuff together could work. Um, and it's kind of just yeah, disappointing. I, I, I think we can all just use a little more you know, stuff to look forward to and having like a, a regular sort of eventized thing. Like I've been saying this for ages. It'd be really cool if we just, I don't know, like the first Thursday of every month, we get a new PlayStation thing. We get a little reveal and maybe they show off the last of us part three, or maybe they show a bunch of indies that already came out on PC. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter just to have something, you know, and I think you could, you know, like Nintendo directs are, are they're sort of, sort of on schedule. Like they're kind of, they're sort of irregular too. You know, they're not like the, exactly the same date. I think they do what, like one every quarter thereabouts. Plus, depends yeah, yeah. I mean, in the they, good in, days in the good days yeah. there was there was a stretch that recently we had the longest stretch between nintendo directs in history yeah which was i forget how long it was but it was it was like we it, it'd never been that far before and you know like i i believe was it inside xbox tried experimenting with that for a while and i feel like their format was bad it was just like kind yeah. of like people sitting around in in lawn chairs you like oh here we go. it was yeah, just kind of like it know, was again there's a way yeah a little too long the inside xboxes could go like two two and a half hours sometimes and and mm -hmm. they were they were often live so there were hiccups there and things like that yeah I, I agree there's definitely a middle ground i think but max speaking to your point of like the regularity the thing that is regular on nintendo side is even the stretches between directs indie world showcases are uh yearly they do them right before or around gdc and normally right before or around pax prime which is kind of what this would be if, if we were you know going to PAX Prime, but it's one of those things where one of my favorite things is always people are like, oh, I hear there's going to be an indie showcase in a couple of weeks. It's like, yeah, because there's PAX. Of course there's going to be. They've right. done this every year for the past four years. But if, if PlayStation did that, that would be great. Like, there are indies hitting PlayStation every week, and, and as you said, if there was like a monthly check-in, I was like, here's the state of indies for yeah, the next like, four weeks. That would be cool. Netflix does, Netflix has a YouTube channel and they put up like every week. It's like, what's coming to Netflix this week? And it, it's very frustrating because we did one that was monthly and we try to keep up, but they know their secrets <laughs> because it's their platform. But like, I don't know, like Sony used to do the drop. Like every week it would be like, here's what's coming out this week. And it was like, it was super handy. But now we just get these sort of sporadic blog posts that occasionally are like, hey, it's here's a cross post from the head of Epic Games talking about something or other. You're like, it seems, you know, grossly out of, it, I don't know, it's just, it's a weird, like what? What is that blog? You know what? I think it's. it's odd, I think you know. You, I think that's a good solution you just pitched there, right? Like it's like if once a month on uh, Twitch and YouTube and and their their social media platforms, they just go, "Hey, here are the PlayStation games coming to PS5 and PS4 this month or PSVR." Yeah, get um, get like an intern and Adobe Premiere subscription and let them cut together a bunch <laughs> of trailers that maybe are already out there and just you know put like a and now coming up coming later this fall. Look forward to this. See you next time. Like just yeah, do with a robot voice that. if you need to. Yeah. Coming up next, there's going to be a big game about a squirrel who has. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Are you ready to laugh? The next game is jam packed with comedy. Yeah, again, I think uh, it keeps coming back to this, and we have to constantly, I think, sort of ground it in this uh, in 2021, the sequel to 2020, in ways that we didn't imagine and hoped we uh, were probably be in a different movie by now. But here we are again. Um, in the same way, The Hangover Two is the same exact plot of the first one. 
here we are again. Um, I feel like wait, hold Sony, up, hold up, hold up. I'm, I'm, an, I'm an idiot. They literally did exactly the thing I was saying that it was oh. six, six days ago. PlayStation Indie Spotlight, August fifth. Did they put a, a video up though? One minute long, and it just oh. has a clip of all the trailers, and it just says that they're oh, yeah. the game. Yeah. So they and did that just, after the series of blog posts, but yeah, I, I think I, I know what you mean. Like doing something a little bit more fully featured as a package, mm-hmm. but yeah. But yeah, I, I think that uh, a lot of people went into this year with big plans. Sony obviously was like, we're not going to do E3, but we will have some stuff here and there. And then, uh, you know, things things stayed as difficult as they've been for 18 months now. And um, again, I'm sympathetic. So like, I do think they're going to have like a big showcase thing eventually. But also like this, like we said before, the fall just looks different right now than it did um, you know, then, then really it almost, then almost it, it ever has, right? Like this feels like there's going to be some big stuff, obviously, but this feels like a pretty slim fall. Like, uh, you know, horizon is, is not part of this year anymore. Uh, God of war is not part of this as year. As far anymore. as we know, allegedly. Yeah. Horizon wasn't officially delayed, right? <laughs> no, they still mm-hmm. haven't said anything official and, uh, like clockwork and, and Brian, I actually did want to bring this up cause I, I know it's something that you guys have had to deal with on Nintendo voice chat for years. Um, we there was another one of those of course like oh i hear there's a playstation showcase coming up in a week and there was no announcement of that of course right but it, those now happen i feel like as often as nintendo direct rumored to be revealed next month uh things were happening for a little bit there i feel like the, this playstation silence bubble and and granted we we know there's big stuff coming up but it's, it's that lack of mm-hmm. constant we're also uh, like we're we're two weeks away from gamescom and there's inevitably yeah. hopefully going to be some stuff there I mean, even if it's not, you know, Sony proper, like I'm sure there'll be a bunch of studios dumping stuff. But again, like this fall feels weird. Like it feels I mean, last year, I think it was kind of um, pretty excusable. And it was definitely a strange situation because we had next gen hardware launching. But, you know, things were kind of delayed slash radio silent slash completely disrupted. And, you know, 2021 is sadly not our first rodeo. And it seems it seems especially slim for uh, for the first year that we do have new consoles. You know, usually it's like it, the first, you know, launch stuff is always kind of either sparse or so-so or just kind of like a weird mixed bag. But like, you know, once there's there's been like a proper time to sort of, you know, people to attach to the consoles and, and pick them up. There's it's usually the, you know, the second and third years where things start to really pick up. And it's like we're going into this one and there's a few, you know, there's a there's a few big games, I guess. But it's also it. I don't know. It feels it feels slim. I, and I wonder if there's if we just got to tack on an extra six months to account for all of the stuff that got effed up by the by the pandemic and if we're just going to see like a really really huge like you know uh spring and summer next year or what but yeah 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 i mean it's it's i i've been doing this for a long time right i'm an old man as you can tell from my head and my face but uh i i worked on nintendo voice chat when we were covering the wii u right this is not that we're not there now this is not this this show (laughs) this show specifically covers the fastest selling video game console of all time that is not even making it to shelves because they're selling every single one they print and every one of their studios underneath Sony's, you know, guys right now is, is currently working on what I imagine will be some of the most incredible video games ever made. Like, I really think that like stuff like horizon, God of war and whatever insomniac does next. Like these are going to be amazing, amazing video games. They're just not there yet. And they're, we're just not there yet. This is not one of those times where we're just like, fighting for scraps like we're going to get there and when we get there it's going to be fantastic and the install base is going to be huge and people will be excited 
but it's definitely taking a little bit longer than I think a lot of us expected to sort of charge up that gigantic, you know, laser cannon and start firing on all cylinders. Like right now we're just kind of like, you know, the biggest games this year are like, uh, you know, some new content is coming to Ghost of Tsushima. Amazing. Can't wait. My favorite game of last year. Uh, new stuff is coming to Death Stranding. Great for people who love that game. That's all I'll say about that. <laughs> but there's, you know, this, 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 this is not exactly like a gigantic, and you know, we just got Ratchet and Clank. This is not a gigantic, gigantic sort of like AAA exclusive brand new video game year for Sony just yet. And I think we'll get there. Um, it's only going to get bigger and better from here. But for now, you know, here we are. Yeah, I, I think the thing with PlayStation and something that I, I think I'm definitely guilty of forgetting when we talk about the the silence, you know, at the moment and what's to come for the fall is they had a extremely busy fall last year with yeah. the launch. Like we got, you know, five or six either first party or first party published games with the launch on both PS4 and PS5. Like there was a ton of stuff that was cross gen. And that's just not normally Sony's MO. Like they very rarely put a lot into their fall release calendars often because there's so much else coming out that they don't really need to worry about that sector you know like god of war last of us ghost uh horizon days gone so many of the biggest games of last gen for ps4 exclusives were games that came out in the first half of the year. Um, right. so we're used to quieter falls with them but yeah i think it's just in the knowing what's to come and and both unannounced and announced it's kind of one of those like we just want to get to that moment but they've they've had a lot and they, it's a, a great you know, exciting mm-hmm. moment for what's to come, but it, it's just that moment of like, but I want to hear about it. Mm-hmm. And if, if anyone's if anyone's yeah. mad at us for being for being like negative and whiny about this, I feel like we do this every time, like this time of year. You know, because like for the most part, we've gotten all the big sort of announcements and reveals. You know, it's and then it's it's like we, you know what you're getting for Christmas, but you can't open it yet. You know, like it's sort of we're just like, no, I want to play the games. You know, like I always, you know, we're we're even the event season is kind of a non-event this year. It's I, I think it's still sort of you know, wears us out and you can only get, you can only get so hyped for so long before you're sort of like, all right, well, let me, let me play the thing, you know? And it's, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm sort of dying to play some, some new games and I'm, I'm I don't know. I'm going to get my hands on Far Cry 6, you know? I, yeah, I do think too. it's the, the absence of a PlayStation event. Like we, yes, mm-hmm. we did have the recent state of play and we, we had a state of play earlier this year, but like nothing is the level of an E3 showcase this year. Like Xbox had an E3 showcase. They're doing a Gamescom showcase. They have these other indie showcases in the middle. Nintendo had its uh, you know E3 showing and and these other directs. It's it's just like comparatively we're we're not hearing that same volume and I think that's where a lot of it's coming from. Yeah. Um, I think I think you nailed it back there Jonathan about um Sony sort of historically keeping the fall kind of clear for third parties um which you know statistically sell best on on PlayStation or at least have for a while and I think that's going to continue to happen this fall. Like they're going to be sort of fundamentally aligned with the battlefields and the Far Cries and the Call of Duties, and when that MP- MPD rolls in, you'll probably see you know a lot of those do the best numbers on PlayStation. I mean, who knows? Things are, are are a lot different. We have all all three companies are selling really well right now. Most of those games, if not all those games, you won't be able to play on Switch. But um, I think that like that's a that's a sort of interesting factor to it. They don't really need need right air quotes to, to have a big triple a you know first party game this fall when there's going to be so many third party games that people will associate with games they play on playstation even if they are multi-platform so yeah i mean there'll be stuff to play it yeah. just necessarily won't be from sony i mean unironically uh I, I say this extremely seriously if neither gets delayed 
the two two of the biggest games of the fall will most likely be GTA Five and The Witcher when they get yeah. you know ported to next gen. Those will probably be some of the games we talk about the most or are played and discussed the most to see what changes with them. Uh, and for people either revisiting or or looking at them for the first time, I think that's going to take up a lot of room. Honestly, which is I hope GTA finally day. takes off. I really yeah. think that not enough people gave that game a chance. You know, just yeah. take that. It, that's two generations old at this point it's yeah. so crazy to me it's so wild so crazy that, to is, me. that is arguably one going to be one of the best-selling games of the fall i would assume yep uh but yep. yeah well we'll have a lot of exciting stuff to talk about as as we mentioned there are a lot of really cool uh looking indies on the horizon uh including just this week hades is coming to playstation which if you haven't gotten a chance to play hades before go play hades it's uh, like i know we talk about this sometimes and people get upset if you happen to have both, it's on Game Pass. And so if you're subscribed to Game Pass, go check it out there. If you don't want to spend the 20 bucks, even though it's well worth it, uh, go play that game. It's phenomenal. I, I've been playing it on PlayStation. I played, you know, 80 hours of it on Switch. I'm just sucked in all of them. Um, I love this game so wholeheartedly and, and love Supergiant in general. Uh, and yeah, there's, there's a lot of really cool indies on the horizon. I, I hope we'll be able to discuss them more on the show. Uh, and speaking of indies, before we uh, discuss a little bit of what we've been playing and, and just some other loose ends, uh, I did want to throw to earlier this week, I did an interview with Carlos Rocha Silva, who is uh, uh, the director of Chris Tales, which is a recent RPG that came to PlayStation as well as other platforms. Uh, talked a little bit about the art style of that game, uh, some of the interesting time mechanics they're doing in the combat and in the storytelling. Uh, so I'm going to throw to myself. Uh, and that discussion with Carlos, which was a really fun time. Thank you, Jonathan, for that wonderful introduction that I'm sure you gave that I definitely will remember. I said this when we record the full episode. Uh, I am here and very, very excited to be talking with Carlos from the Chris Tales development team. Carlos, you're the director uh, of Chris Tales, and it's a wonderful RPG that I've really been enjoying playing over the last couple of weeks. It, it's currently out on PS4 and PS5, as well as a ton of other platforms as well. But uh, I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you a little bit more about the game. So thank you so much for joining me today thank you very much for inviting me the whole team and everyone here in colombia is super excited that people all over the world are playing crystals so we're very humbled and very honored to show the, the whole world what we were capable of doing in this whole development journey uh it's it's a really spectacular uh, rpg that of course i think uh for many like myself included uh you know i first had an interest in it because of just how beautiful, you know, visually it is. But uh, now that I've had the chance to play it, I want to go a little bit more deeper into it without spoilers, of course, for those who are who are just jumping in themselves uh, after listening to this. Uh, but before we get into some of the the stuff that I've really been enjoying, just for those who may be interested in it, uh, do you want to give a brief overview of what Chris Tales is? Of course. So in Chris Sales, you play as Criswell, this young orphan who acquires these powers very early on that allow her to see the past, the present, and the future at the same time. And you as a player are able to do that just the same in both the adventure mode and in battle mode. Criswell's is a turn-based RPG based on the classical games such as uh, Super Mario RPG, Chrono Trigger, and Final Fantasy VI, who's, uh, that's my all-time favorite game, uh, video game. And it's taking a lot of those design elements from that golden era of JRPGs and mixing it a lot with today's modern design elements. And we're trying to innovate um, by also at the same time paying homage to those wonderful games that we played when we were younger. 
So I'd really love to dig into some of the stuff you were talking about, because I, I do really feel that sort of uh, th there is this clear homage and a love for the genre, the, you know, the JRPG genre and, and so much about it. But there's a lot of really, really cool stuff you and the team are doing within Chris Tales as well that I want to dig into. And of course, I, I think the central thing to uh, have to dig into that I really want to is the the time mechanic. Uh, and as you were saying, this is something that's really central to not just battle, but, uh, you know, exploring the world and, and some of the puzzle solving and, and character development as well. Can you tell me a little bit about the inspiration of wanting time to be such a focus and, and how the team sort of settled on this past, present, future motif that's in the game? Yes. So thank you very much for that question. I'm, I'm also the uh, creative director and game designer, main game designer of the game. So I came up originally with that idea a few years ago, around five years ago. And I really thought it was very interesting to see how in the same screen you could see past, present, and future at the same time. It actually came to me um, while I was, we, we had, I've been developing video games for 13 years now. And one of the video games that I worked be on before uh, with my previous company below the game was called uh, Story Warriors Fairy Tales. And we were nominated as one of the finalists for Indicate in, and we went to Los Angeles. While we were there, we were looking at other really great games and one of them was this VR experience that was really interesting where you could see in the VR, like in the in the goggles, you could see like, you know, a, a room. It was a sci-fi side of uh, sort of setting. And if you put like your hand, you could see the past. And if you could, uh, if you put the other hand, you could see like the future. So I thought that was very interesting. It was sort of a puzzle uh, type of game. I really liked that idea. And I was also very excited about the, I had very recently played uh, The Warlands With You, uh, a game that I really loved as well. So it came to me, um, what if you could see in the same screen, the past, the present and the future? And we started, you know, developing this idea with uh, Sebastian Villarreal, who's our director, and Yadir Villamizar, who's the gameplay director. Uh, and we started playing with this idea of how this could develop into a video game. After we put that into the screen, we were thinking, okay, this looks amazing, but it's just a puzzle game for now. And what we wanted to do is like put it into a frame that could make a lot more sense for a more, let's say, mainstream game that we would really enjoy ourselves. And we really love JRPGs. So I came up with this idea of you being able to also send your enemies into the past or into the future. And remember all those fights in the old RPGs where they could like do a pincer attack on you and they would appear on both sides. <laughs> so what I wanted to do with that is that every fight in Crystals would be like that. And you can send the enemies to the past or to the future and they would have different abilities, different looks, a lot of different things. Uh, but the most important uh, element that I wanted to explore is that what if you could also use delta status ailments? And by that, I mean, if you poison an enemy in the present and you send them into the future, instead of him receiving, you know, little damage turn by turn, you could make them receive all of the damage all at once. So with that idea, I said, 
yes, we found the gold mine. We found something that we could, could explore a lot more. And that's how the original idea came to be and it turned into this, this JRPG. But it wasn't born that way. It was just born exploring this tech idea, this just really crazy and, and wacky thought of you see, being able to see past, present, and future at the same time. Gotcha. That's that's fascinating to hear because I think the you know the combat side of it, as you were saying, the ability to poison someone on one turn, send them into the future, and and cause them to get like this stacked buildup of all that poison immediately, is such a uh, sort of as you were saying, it it pays homage to you know status elements that have been around in JRPGs forever, but it, it has this new twist to it that I've loved ex- loved experimenting and and trying to figure out you know new combinations of different powers, and especially as you get new teammates, it's it's such a joy to figure that stuff out. Um, I, I guess maybe this is a little bit of like a chicken and egg sort of scenario question, but there's a really great cast of characters that you build your party with. Did deciding who those characters would be come as a result of of thinking how could you play to this time mechanic in different ways or or did they come from you know uh character stereotypes that you wanted to look at and maybe uh, dig deeper into how, how did that sort of ensemble come together well it's a mix of both there were a few characters that some of the team members wanted so Yadir wanted to create Karihudo uh which is like a very interesting character Sebastian wanted to create uh, the Volcano Sisters and Chris Bell of course um but as I was writing the characters because I was also the lead uh, designer on the writing side I wanted them to have a direct relationship with the time mechanics so everything in the game follows the follows this certain philosophy. Learn from the past, act in the present, create your future. And with that, with that in mind, everything had to revolve around that. So if you're playing with time powers, if you're playing with manipulation of, you know, redoing things uh, or affecting things with time, one of the first idea that came to mind is what changes a lot when you look at it through the ages, through the years nature so that's how i came up with the idea of this nature mage with wilhelm so with nature you see this little seed that's very very small but in 100 years it can turn into this huge tree so i love that idea of how that could could change so much and could be so noticeable but there were also these other ideas. Uh, so Sebastian had this idea of this character named Sass, and she was sort of, uh, you know, crazy and interesting. And I thought, okay, so we could do something also related to time that what would a gambler want more than try again and again? That's why we came up with the idea of this random-based character, sort of like Setzer in Final Fantasy VI. Mm-hmm. So that was also related to to the time powers and a lot of people you know may uh we could have maybe done this even better but you know my my favorite character who's jkr721 um he is unaffected by time so you know some of them are very affected some of them are not affected at all so that's why he can grab enemies and put them into the other side of the screen you know do these other sort of really weird stuff um so basically they all have these relationships, these direct relationships between their mechanics and the the time element of the game. And based on that, we came up with their personality. 
Slices is so random. That's why uh, JKR is so um, say stoic and so thoughtful. Uh, it's really fast, and you know that's why uh, um, Christopher is so explosive uh, with with his uh, elemental based magic. So that's a little bit of of why they are all the way they are. It's it's a really fun uh, ensemble to sort of mix and match, not just for their personalities in the story, but you know for the battles. You were saying something like Wilhelm, the the sort of seed based mechanic, as you were mentioning the nature mage. It's a, it's a really interesting twist on on sort of a, a gameplay ideas that oh yeah i know how to poison a character but to seed poison in so that it becomes stronger later uh or or manipulate time so that it it, it explodes sooner than than they expected is is a really great twist on gameplay that i've i've been playing for you know years and, and decades and it's a really nice uh fresh introduction of that but as, as you were saying not just this ensemble but but all the characters in general uh, you have this really unique opportunity to explore their past, their present, and future. And when you're exploring most of the major uh, township areas, I guess is the best way to put it, sort of the hubs that you visit throughout the journey, uh, you often get to you know hop between all three time periods. You get to uh, take on side quests that allow you to affect how things might might go within these cities for some of the characters. Uh, how important was it to make sure that you were building these spaces to also take advantage of that time mechanic outside of battle? And, and what was the approach there? So it was not only important for those places to be different from each other, like how does the evolution of a certain place can be noticeable, but also we wanted to be impactful with the messages that we were saying with the game, because Personally, I think that video games are a form of art and that we can say a lot of messages using the, uh, this, this medium. So, for instance, in, in the, uh, one of the first cities that you visit, which is St. Clarity, uh, that it's actually based on real cities from the coastal Atlantic um, uh, side of Colombia. So we were, I mean, we were all based in Colombia, so we took a lot of inspiration from a lot of the places we visited. And in St. Clarity, you can see that there are a lot of problems with the sewer system. So the, uh, the streets get flooded. And we wanted to play with that idea because you can see that the flooding happens in the present and it's tolerable. I mean, it affects you a little bit, but it's tolerable. But in the future, you can see how everything is completely flooded. And we really like that idea of you being able to see the consequences of today's problems when they are not being uh, trying to be solved. So we really wanted to see how this evolution of, of certain events that you can take part in can devolve into something very negative or can, in, can give you the motivation to try and fix them. So that was, that was extremely important for us to try to give a message, message with each place. Some places have this other concept of inevitability. So anything that you do, you will inevitably have something negative happen. Or you can see how maybe you can support this part or this other part, but not help everyone. So it was really, really important for us 
for the people to see that this philosophy, these learn from the past, act in the present, create your future, depended a lot on their actions and, and their decisions uh, throughout the game. It's it's really fascinating to have, and for anyone who's you know seen any footage of it, you have this sort of a triangular based uh, viewpoint when when you're in these cities of of you in the present as Chris Bell and and your party members, and then of course the the past and future on both sides of you. And it's um, as you were saying, it, it's really affecting to be able to see in something like Saint Clarity of the you know seeing things are. Uh, overtaken by by the water and and just completely flooded in in the future and w- instilling that as, as something that will drive you to want to affect the story as well uh, is is really smart idea. D- did that take a lot of fine tuning though? I guess to make sure that, uh, for lack of a better way of phrasing it, the past, the present, and the future didn't bleed into each other as the characters moving around. Was that something really hard to to nail down? It was definitely hard, especially from a production standpoint. So you can you if you remember well, like the the old RPGs had all of these, you know, very basic generic NPCs. And in Chris Sales, we don't have a lot of generic NPCs because we wanted to tell a story with each and every one of them. We are a very small team. We are 25 people both within Sick and Dreams Incorporated, who are like the two companies who are co-producing the game. So it being such a small assemble of people, we really put on this this really high bar of trying to show everything in it. So we we really want people to see little stuff by just walking, walking from right to left, seeing the past of someone, seeing the future of someone, and and that was really hard to do. And also aside of the art part, the programming and the assembling part was really hard because sometimes you made this decision and we had to check that, okay, if you do all of these decisions, the, uh, you can see the future changes into this. Or if you do these other things, you can see the future changes into this other thing. So it was really demanding and it was really difficult also to design. So if you design, uh, we, we had to design also, okay, if this happens, this person believes in this, in this tragedy happens, they will believe in this other thing and the dialogue has to change alongside it. So dialogue wise, production, art, programming, it all had to make sense. And finally, when we were able to allow people to test it, it had to feel right. It had to feel like it made sense. And we ended up changing a few things here and there, uh, but fortunately we didn't have to change so much because that would have been so much harder. Um, we, we had very little time to to try and, and iterate on a lot of things that we wanted because we, you know, we had a lot of time to iterate on the combat, but on the town part, it was difficult to redo characters over and over again. So, you know, fortunately it worked out, but uh, yeah, it was it was a close call, definitely. <laughs> uh, well, it, it's a really impressive uh, effect as you're walking around the world. And I, I, I would imagine, especially too, with having the game be fully voice acted as well, only further complicates that to a certain extent. Uh, of course it does. And we had to write the, the lines for every character and lines for the different possibilities of the future. So that, you know, increase the time that we had, you know, for the recording, for the voice actors. So yeah, it was, it was definitely demanding. 
it, it, but it brings a lot of life to the entire ensemble uh, in the end, which which is really enjoyable to get to know these characters, both on on the good and the bad side. And as you were saying, just sort of the the bespoke NPCs that you encounter uh, in every town. So, of course, I'd be remiss before we wrap up uh, to not mention something that was the reason I think Chris Tales first caught my eye. And I think so many people's is this incredible art style that you and the team have have fashioned and, and built a world out of uh, within the game. For those who haven't played yet, there's this beautiful mix of, uh, you know, you're in a 3D world, but some incredible 2D artwork and, and then sort of the marriage of 2D and 3D together. Uh, in really, really unique and beautiful ways. But uh, I was curious if you could tell me a little bit sort of about the the inspirations of the art style and, and what the team hoped to evoke. With it. Yes, of course. So first of all, the art style, it's all Sebastian Villarreal, who's the art director. And he wanted to... The, the concept for Criswell was, what if a Disney princess was born in Colombia? And what if she had her castle there. So he came up with this idea of this girl from Nariño, who's like a real place here in Colombia. And the Lajas Cathedral, uh, that's the inspiration, like the real-time version of one of the first cathedrals that you meet in the game. And uh, he took all of that and mixed it with a lot of uh, influences from Samurai Jack, Foster Home for Imaginary Friends, um, anime and of course the old Disney and mixed all of that to create this unique art style that blends so well together with um, with the time mechanics. And uh, I would of course have to mention uh, Jadir Villamizar, who also came up with this idea, like the gameplay director came up with this idea of both the triangle, that's uh, like a, a main staple of the game, and also like the 2.5D way that you walk around the world. and it allows so well to see the the art style so well depicted, uh, while also you know portraying that it's all two D, but in this sort of three D two point five D world, uh, it's you know inspired a little bit by games like Don't Starve, or we actually at the beginning wanted to do like a top down sort of game, but uh, it ended up looking this way, which we believe uh, portrays the art style in the most beautiful way. Yeah, it's a, it's a really great marriage, as you said, of a of a sort of two point five D in between two D and three D. That especially in some of the really big open areas, that when you get into a lot of the exploration and combat and things, uh, you get just some breathtaking sort of vistas and creations. Uh, but then you, of course, have those cities, as you were mentioning, and these beautiful cathedrals and everything to to explore. It's it's, it's a beautiful game, and I've I've been having a blast with it so far. So I I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today, Carlos. Thank you so much for your time. No problem, Jonathan. We're really excited to be able to show the game to the world, to show that Colombia has so much more and to be able to show a lot of the culture and the talent that we have um, through our eyes and so that people all over the world can experience this wonderful experience that we've uh, tried to to uh, craft for them in Crystals. Awesome. And it is uh, currently available on PS4 and PS5 digitally and physically as well, correct? Yes, it is. And if you buy the retail edition, you will have this wonderful poster. poster. Uh, but it's also, of course, available on the PSN. And we've been extremely fortunate to be uh, featured, to have been featured for like two weeks on the What's Hot section on both PS5 and PS4, and also on the monthly picks. So we're extremely excited to have so much support from uh, Sony and PlayStation. Awesome. Well, uh, hopefully some of you beyond listeners and viewers out there who haven't uh, played yet, 
pick up Chris Tales. I've been having a blast with it. And Carlos, thank you again so much for your time. And we'll head back to whatever else is happening on this week's episode of Beyond. Thank you so much, Jonathan, for taking that time. To speak to Carlos. Carlos, thank you so much, though, for taking the time uh, to speak with me. It was a really great conversation to have, uh, and I, I hope you all enjoyed that other. I want to. I think that Jonathan fellow is going places. He's really he's got some moxie. That kid. You know, I hope so. Uh, his background was much worse. There was no sleeping dog in the background, which is you know a definite knock against him. But hopefully, he can improve in the future. Uh, but no, we definitely want to have more indie devs on here in the future. And speaking of, if you happen to be an indie dev and including any of the games we just mentioned. Hit us up beyond at IGN.com. Would like to help schedule some more of these out. We have some planned for the future. Should be really fun, uh, but would love to spotlight those indies where we can on the show. Uh, before we wrap up, I just wanted to give a shout out to uh, Taylor Lyles, uh, who was on the show last week, did an interview uh, about the creation of uh, the DualSense and the technology within it. Um, that interview is up on IGN right now. Uh, she had a really, really great discussion with... Uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment Product Director Toshi Aoki uh, about the creation of the DualSense, some of the design choices they made, and and a little bit of hints about like kind of why it makes sense that the PSVR controllers that we're going to be getting also have so much of the haptics in it, and why they they made such a, a uh, obvious sense to include that as part of the larger package of what we'll get with uh, PSVR. Um, there was a report from earlier this week too about. Uh, Allegedly, PlayStation met recently with VR devs about how the focus for PSVR 2 is going to be sort of looking for console quality, AAA experiences, a lot of stuff that could possibly be played uh, in VR as well as out of VR. This is, of course, uh, allegedly from a report. Let me uh, make sure I'm sourcing this correctly. Uh, But this report came from uh, YouTube channel PSVR Without Parole uh, about a recent alleged Sony private event. Uh, I, I think that's a really cool potential for PSVR. I think it makes sense. Uh, I know we're all all fans of PSVR, but it's been, I, I would say, I, I maybe am alone in this. I don't know about you guys, but I haven't really used my PSVR in quite some time. Uh, and I would really like to see what this next gen of, of VR allows for, especially if it is really focused on big immersive experiences that can bridge the gap between playing out of VR and, and with We're also in a really... Uh, sort of interesting and different time right now where I feel like uh, at the time of the launch of the of the PSVR, there were other companies obviously dabbling in VR, right? There was sort of Oculus and PC VR and, and you know, a million other different you know, Google cardboard. There was all this different stuff. It was a very splintered thing. Um, and there were a bunch of devs sort of tweeting recently about how they don't even bother making games for PC VR anymore because Oculus is predominantly where they're making all of their money. Like there, it's it's like ninety percent, ninety five percent, ninety nine percent of the money is coming in to the Oculus Quest Two. That thing is just like having like a, a standalone VR headset that you could buy at a brick and brick and mortar store like Best Buy uh, is doing tremendous numbers. And at the time, PSVR for a while was the best selling uh, headset for VR. And Oculus Quest Two came in and kind of just like not necessarily ate their lunch, but like really you know kept going and going and going while it feels like things kind of slowed down for. Uh, PSVR a little bit. And so now I think it's sort of the ball's kind of in Sony's court to come in and, and woo developers and go, hey, here's what's different about what we're making and here's why you should spend resources to put games here. Like there's a significant player in the field now in that territory. Uh, and I think that's like really exciting because that's, you know, competition uh, breeds mm-hmm. innovation. Yeah, no, it's, it's funny to think about because like when the PSVR came out, like it was competing with the Oculus with Kickstarter money 
Mm-hmm. And now they're competing with the Oculus with Facebook money. And we've seen, I mean, it's also crazy that that went from being a, a weird thing you plugged into your PC and now it's a thing you just put on your head. And it's got a pretty, pretty good library and it's growing. We've seen like more and more games sort of pop up. And I, I mean, I really hope that when the PSVR 2 inevitably launches, that it kind of comes out swinging and just ports over a bunch of those sort of established games that we've seen. Maybe they've popped up on PC. Maybe they popped up on a platform you just don't have access to. Or you're like, oh, I want to check that out, but I'll wait. You know, like, I think it'd be really cool if they're just like, hey, uh, here's Half-Life Alex. Here's Resident Evil 4. Here's uh, the uh, Sniper what, VR Onward. Like, all the, you know, all the games that are, like, really big. Fisherman's Story, whatever. Like, I don't even remember what they're called. But, like, a bunch of those, you know, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Just get all of those, like, front and center and, like, really, you know, show them off. Like, when the when the PSVR, like, PSVR is, it's, that's dated tech. You know, that fe- it feels old. It's got controllers from 2009. And it, uh, you know, the resolution isn't isn't phenomenal and it's uh it feels you know noticeably clunkier compared to sort of you know more recent gear uh and that's even just a sort of aside from the quality of the software and i don't know it's i'm, I'm excited to see what that looks like i don't think everything needs to be necessarily you know triple a quality but if i think if they can sort of um i don't know maybe maybe thin out the the shovelware like there's definitely a lot of there's a lot of like you know Wii games you play with something on your head on yeah on the, the vr the <laughs> side of things yeah they're gonna have to really establish themselves as like this is why you need this thing versus the oculus because i mean the, the barrier to entry to play psvr 2 is going to be a 400 to 500 dollar console that is hopefully easier to find by then and then a 300 to 400 to who knows how much uh headset um which has to be tethered to your 500 dollar console which is then connected to your television like there's just a lot more there than sort of walking in a store and seeing like the packaging for the Oculus Quest and Oculus Quest 2 is a headset floating on a box. And it's like, that's all you need, right? Like, I think that's like, you know, not not to spend this entire show like kissing that thing's ass. But like, I think that that's like it, 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 the, the, the battle has changed a little bit. Right. And so I, I think that Sony needs to adapt to that. And I do a lot of the stuff Max said, which is bring over a lot of the games that people sort of identified with Oculus and, and bring them to the to the PlayStation audience. But also create brand new experiences and maybe make something more powerful. Maybe set the bar higher with the new controllers. Like there has to be something in the tech that makes you go, this is different. This is better. This is worth, you know, splintering and fragmenting the audience even further. Uh, And this is worth me getting this over or Oculus quest or uh, to complement my Oculus quest. Yeah. It's where we're going to be more than half a decade removed from when the first PSVR headset launched. And as you said, there's the space has changed quite dramatically. Since then, uh, I, I hope whatever it is is really cool. Obviously, I think you know using the haptics and all of that makes total sense, and I think will make for some very cool, hopefully unique and, and exclusive VR experiences. But yeah, mm-hmm. I I really can't peg down when we're going to see that right now because of just the way the world is. Like I would have possibly thought end of next year, but now I'm thinking 2023 is probably it. I don't know. It's it it is super weird that we know what the controllers look like. Yeah, you know? like that's, right. That's, like that, that feels, I'm glad, like, it's cool to know it. Cool, it's cool to know that like they're investing in VR, but it's just, it's so weird that they like randomly put up pictures of the controllers one day. And then there's been some like, you know, like very fragmented little details here and there, but nothing really ever since. And I, we've talked about this before. Like it's, it's stupid to make a complimentary piece of hardware to a sort of primary piece of hardware that is impossible to find right now. Um, but it is it is bizarre that we've like we've known for a long time now or months and months what those controllers look like. No idea what the headset looks like. 
no idea what the timeline for finding out more or release date. I mean, that's that's how they that's how they show off the that was how they did the, the dual sense. We saw the dual sense yeah. months. And months. I mean, it's always the controller first, but that makes sense for consoles. It makes less sense when the the main thing you're going to be engaging with is something you have to put on your head. Like maybe <laughs> show show that off a little bit. Yeah. It. It made me think the VR uh, 2 was way further ahead than we thought. But now because of the silence, I think it's not. But who knows? We'll, we'll obviously continue to cover it. We're all really, really excited by what yeah. PSVR 2 could be. But we'll, we'll see that whenever it shows up. Um, before we wrap up, I did want to just briefly check in. I know we were all talking about it before the show, but we've all been bouncing around a lot with what we've been playing. But was there anything that either of you wanted to shout out? Brian, I'll start with you. Uh, I I started I restarted Dark Souls Remastered. Um, I think I needed something like dark and depressing and brutal to play through right now because I it's, I read the news and I need, I needed something. And it's that, just too happy out there. It's too it's too happy out there. I needed to bring a little sadness home with me. No, uh, so that that's been really fun. I I've never finished that game, and I I, I realized that like. I played it a little bit when it originally launched, and then I played a bunch when it came to Switch, which was not the place to play Dark Souls Remastered because I couldn't <laughs> really kind of like benefit or uh, really recognize a lot of the improvements visually, uh, texture wise, frame rate wise, all that stuff. And playing it on on like a you know big powerful next gen console is a, is night and day now. And so I'm really enjoy, enjoying it, chipping away at it, and I'm I'm further than I ever have been before. And it's it's fun because it's like there's so many resources for that game out there now. And I'm basically playing it in the kind of the way I travel, which is like I, I have a general idea of where to go based on guidance. But then once I get there, I kind of find my own way. And so, yeah, I, I, I think like I, I got built bit by the Elden Ring bug again a couple of weeks <laughs> ago, and I'm super excited for it. And so I just wanted something kind of like brutal and soulsy and, and kind of creepy and scary to play. So and it's scratching that itch. Did you ever, uh, when you played Dark Souls 1, did you ever play the DLC that was in there? Mm -mm. Um, I, no. I can't believe this is me giving a suggestion to you about a Dark Souls game. Uh, but the there's a DLC fight in that game that is legitimately one of my favorite Souls fights that I've had across any of the, the games that I've been dipping into recently from it. It is fantastic. There's some like kind of parts of the DLC that feel a little bit like filler. Uh, but I think it's the final boss fight in it. It takes maybe like two to three hours to get through all of it. it is so good. It feels like a a fighting game fight with Dark Souls mechanics uh, in terms of like its flashiness and everything. It's so good. I can't recommend it enough to to go check out. I I will absolutely do that. I, I like. I think I I almost screwed up because I feel like like Bloodborne is one of my favorite games of all time, and none of the Souls games have ever come close to hitting that high for me. They they get up there, right? And there's definitely moments, but Bloodborne is just so it is so extremely my ish, and it's it's just so high up there for me. It's like regularly in my one or two favorite games of all time, and so like I I I feel like I it it makes it harder for me to play some of the other Souls games, but I still really appreciate what they do, and I really want to dig into all of them. So I'm just kind of backtracking and and giving them the respect they deserve. Awesome. Uh, and Max, what about you? On Man, your... now I want to play Dark Souls. I, I was going <laughs> to try to jump into Dark Souls 3, but I bought that on uh, physical and I don't know where my disc is. So now it's even harder than it was. I have can't even open it. Um, but no, I've been I've been bouncing between a bunch of stuff. I um, I got my hands on a Series X. And so I've been uh, taking advantage of the quick resume thing, which lets you have just the worst ADD when it comes to playing games, because it's like, oh, I'm going to have like, you know, it's like watching eight shows at the same time, basically. Um but I've been bopping between like a bunch of different things on there. I played 
uh, a ton of uh, Destroy All Humans this last weekend, which I never played when it originally came out. Uh, and it's the, you know, the remastered one that had like the Rammstein trailer at Gamescom, whatever. Yep. Um, and that's like such just the, the the right level of stupid for how I was feeling this this last weekend. I was just kind of like, uh, kind of, you know, just wanting to blow up cows or whatever. Um, <laughs> and I've been chipping away at uh, Wolfenstein 2. And apparently I wasn't killing enough Nazis. So I started playing Sniper Elite 4, which definitely has, uh, if you've ever sort of slept on this, this has some, this has some Metal Gear Solid 5 DNA to it. It definitely has like similar similar feeling kind of movement and which is really nice because i i miss metal gear solid 5 and i shouldn't i just shouldn't replay that again um but yeah i, I jumped back into i realized i haven't i haven't finished um yakuza 3 and i figured out why because i hate playing it because it has the the most frustrating combat of any of those games um and they they sort of remastered and updated most of them but that is sort of uh they they just ported over the ps3 version for the remastered version and it's still got basically just really uh, it's just like chip damage fights like I just it's the kind of thing where you're like it's not even it's it's not challenging in an interesting way it's like you're just punching a dude repeatedly and he's just holding his blocks up and then you'd like eat a bunch of like you chug a bunch of vitamin shots and like get your health back up and then he comes over and just like does like you know front flip flaming kick on your head and then you die and you're like this is, this is dumb and you find out they attack the orphanage or what I, I don't know I'm, I'm trying to chip through that and then so I can jump into the you know four and five because those are always good yeah. You know, just good sort of standby games. Um, yes. Yeah, it's it's just, it's kind of like, it's, you ever have a thing where you just, you hit, like you, you hit something that just slows you down and just makes you not want to do it anymore. And it's like, I'm dying to play, you know, Yakuza 4 and 5, but stuck on 3, just because yeah. it's not, it's not enjoyable. Sometimes, you, yeah, you just, you hit one of those walls, but uh, hopefully something can kind of get back into the, the mix for you. But uh, yeah, uh, I, as I mentioned, I've been playing Hades. Please play Hades is phenomenal. Uh, and before we wrap up, uh, amazingly, before before we wrap up, Blue Box did tweet again. Uh, what? And as we were ending this episode perfectly, uh, the, it's not up yet. Don't worry. But Blue Box, Blue Box, it happened to Blue me now Box. too. Uh, said that's apropos because they said we are still working to resolve the issue we are facing. We wanted to remind you that we are a small studio without the wide resources to quickly resolve an issue. AKA, we are not Kojima. We want to deliver a highly polished product and a good representation of the game that functions as intended. We won't be delaying the patch to a specific date, which makes me think it is quite a ways off, but release it as soon as we have resolved. On behalf of the Blue Box Game Studios team and everyone involved with Abandoned, we thank you for the patience and apologize deeply. So, you know what? Uh, you know what can shut the hell up is apparently blue is not. It's not a color. It's something else in Blue Box. They tweeted that out, and people are like, trying to guess if it's like an acronym. And it's just like, just uh, put the puzzles in the game and then put the game out. Like, just yeah, that would that would be great if the puzzles there are puzzles in the game. But we'll have to find that out uh, in the future uh, as we continue to cover whatever it may be (laughs) and whatever else happens on PlayStation. Uh, But thank you all so much for joining us for this week's episode. Thank you to Brian and Max uh, for joining me. You can find us all on Twitter. I'm at JM Dornbush. Brian is at Agent Bizzle. Max is at Max Scoville. Uh, Thank you to Alan, our producer, for producing the show and making it happen this week. And thank you to everyone out there for listening and watching. We hope you're safe. We hope you're well. And as always, beyond. Beyond. episode please leave us a review on itunes
Robots Radio presents... Previously on Mystery Down Under... Brianna clasps your hand. You can tell she's a bit nervous. Her hands are a bit... Did you hear that? What? Huh? What did you hear? I didn't say anything. Huey? Yeah, what? Huey? I didn't say anything. Oh, is there much more of this, Deanne? This goes on for ages. Don't seem to hear Deanne. And then cut! It's like a flash of light. Ugh. You don't know where it came from. The hell was that? Where's Brianna? Wait, what? How did you... Is Brianna here? Um, everyone, please, we need to uh, exit back through the chamber. She's here in the cave. I know, Dickie, I know. I know They're going to look for her, Dickie. Maybe you got confused. And you see in the lake. A red ribbon. Dickie's just going to go for it. <laughs> hold on. And I'm going to go down. Uh, and he's going to hold Dickie. And just... <laughs> a, oh, a elbow to the ball. Touching the water. Yeah. The whole ripple distorts the lake. And something slithers away in your hand. Uh, uh, up what? your arm. The whole town knows that something's gone terribly wrong. And now there is a hullabaloo outside the cave of Warawirin. People have started to learn from the hurried whisperings that Brianna Ma, happy-go-lucky, gap-toothed Brianna, has gone missing. How? Her mum is running the cave, isn't she? Well, that's just the thing about single mothers, isn't it? They can't keep their eyes on their damn kids. You hear more expletives and rumours go flying past, whizzing past your head as all the residents of Warrawirin get stirred into a frenzy. And there you are, right smack bang in the middle of it, cordoned off outside the cave. You see Deanne from a distance, uh, motion over. Keith comes striding through, long, lanky, mean man. It's like the meanness is, it's a tumour or something that it, you know, what was once a, a kind of spindly man has grown big and tough and swollen from all the hate inside him. He kind of walks past, looks down at you kids. He looks down at everyone. It's not, it's not so different. Walks over to Deanne and you can see them discussing something from a distance. He begins to kind of whistle over some other what we call policemen it's a small town you know Warawirans are not even 2,000 people I was going to ask how many cops are kind of in this city is it like a bunch it's or? kind of like a what do you call it it's a citizen who is elevated to deputised it's deputised it's a yeah, posse exactly so they're not really cops but they you know they're kind of moonlight or if if a situation calls then then that's their job to kind yeah. of step in and just be muscle or I'm seeing I'm seeing like the police station and mm. it's like it's like two desks in a small building and there's like it is a tiny. woman who works like the desk there and yeah. and that's an office it. for 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 um, Keith for yeah Keith. and like that's it basically That's kind yeah. of it there was a oh gosh there's like a famous Warawirin incident of like one of the towns uh this is early in the days but you know a, a murder that occurred and the body was slung over a camel. <laughs> oh, wow. And, uh, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. For a camel? A camel, because there's a lot of camels in, in Australia walking past the dunes, wild, feral things. 
And uh, yeah, it was two brothers. They fell into some dispute. How much of this story is true, you'll never know. But uh, the the story goes, one brother killed the other, slung his body, body over the camel to go bury him in the dunes, was caught red-handed. And uh, the camel was tied up out the front of the police station <laughs> because where else do you put it? It's evidence. Yeah, and huh. it's was still bloodstained for all the kids to run past. That's a story of your grandfather's grandfather's grandfather's. Can but. can I volunteer to join the the posse? The po- the, the, the the search party, yeah. The deputy they they they're less so searching and more cordoning off. Right, okay, yeah. Yeah, so they are they are keeping the group that went into the cave there. They're stopping yeah. anyone from kind of going Wandering back off. into the cave. Yeah. Um, and Deanne, you can kind of see her and and her her team, um, you know, around kind of five other other people kind of assemble, and and clearly they're going over some kind yeah. of game plan. There's a lot of gesticulating and kind of motioning to specific people, taking on certain certain roles, um, certain responsibilities. Um, question: yes. Do I re- do you receive adversity tokens when you do like a player on player role? So when uh, I versed uh, against Jono for going into the water and I failed, would I receive an adversity token for that? I actually, I, su- I think the rules say you don't. Yeah. So player on player, like sort of uh, things, you don't. If it, let me just check that. Do you know the theme song for Skippy the Kangaroo? Because I don't. Skippy, 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 Skippy the Bush Kangaroo. Did you get uh, Skippy oh, yeah. in in the UK? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? I distinctly remember him operating a radio using uh, his little paws to turn the dials. Oh, and then, that is brilliant! And then, and then tutting in Morse code. Into the- <laughs> it's so ridiculous. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. Well, it's like uh, it really another happens. show that this, I guess, you could say is inspired by. Maybe I don't know. I've never seen it. That every Australian kid has seen is Around the Twist. Oh yeah, that was in the UK. Yeah, I've we have never that. seen Around the Twist in my life. Have you ever? I don't believe you do. Okay, cool. Have you it's ever? It's not felt specific, like this? but. Strange things okay, happening going around the twist. <laughs> so Keith is kind of it's like a it's like a dog, right? Or um, you know, something patrolling the outside, sniffing in, looking at its its prey, and he kind of comes up to you, Dickie. I heard that you were the one in there with Brianna. Is that right? Yeah. You you, Jono, and you, Eric. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Mind yeah. telling me what happened? Well, I was in the cave. And we were going down low and Brianna, she was holding my hand and then there was this like big, big, big flash of light and then she wasn't there anymore. And I thought she was holding my hand still, but she wasn't. And we went forward into space and she wasn't there anymore. And then we went to go back up and there was this like lake with a lot of water, but like the ribbon, because she wears a ribbon in her hair and it's red and it was in the water, but we went down to grab it, but then we didn't grab it and it wasn't there anymore. And now we're here and no one's in there looking for her and they should be looking for her because she's in there. So, you're all together, and I hear that you jumped into the water. Well, yeah, Dickie said he saw a ribbon, so I thought, well, if she's in the water, I'd better get her out quick smart. Uh, and you, what were you doing in the midst of this? Just trying to find her, keep an eye out. You know, I've heard things about you, and your old man. Yeah, I'd watch myself if I were you. Yes, sir. That's right. 
So, she went missing. Yes. And why did you jump into the water? Dickie saw her ribbon in the water. Did you find anything? No, I I had a look, but I I couldn't see it when I went in there. Interesting. You know. Yeah? I don't care how old you are. could string you up. Things like this. I'm just, okay. All right. I don't know what I've done, but okay, yeah. Are you talking back to me? No, sir. Are you going to like hurry up and go find her? Because she's missing and they need someone to go find her. I w- yeah. Do you, do you, do you grab him? <laughs> so I, that's like as he as he's like, are you like you get like a grip on your shoulder, like a, a shut up grip. Mm. I don't know if you've got enough social graces to understand what that means. He he hates this man. Oh, so yeah. yeah. Get, Everyone definitely does. Be, like, no, he's Dickie has no filter. He's a yeah. motor mouth. Like he, he, one of his things is he's blunt. I get that, but would you know that like a kick and a grab means shut the fuck up? At this point, no. Okay. He wants her to be found. He, like he's he's like, what are you interrogating us for? Mm. He Do has, your job. He um, has no self-preservation. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. So he's gonna yeah. get hurt because of that. Yep. Yeah. Can you just roll grit for me, Dickie? Oh, he's got so much grit. Just you wait. Look at all D- this D- look D4. at all this grid I'm gonna roll. D4, is it? What is it? No, it's D8. Oh six. Did he roll like a hundred? Yeah, I'm not even gonna re-roll. Uh, he did explode the die. That's a D20. He literally just lifts you up. Like he grabs you by the shirt and he lifts you up. Your yeah. feet are dangling in the air. And he goes, Shut your fucking mouth. Alright? The last thing we need to do is panic and have kids like you running around ruining things that you don't even know about. Do I make myself perfectly clear? He yes. has that he has that look that kids give you whereas like it's not emotion, it's not like fear or anger, it's just like that neutral and God, just, I hate that look. Yeah, mm. I know. <laughs> and it's just it's just the most imperceptible of nods. Yeah. <laughs> He just releases, and you kind of just drop to the floor. I'm going to step between them. Now, you kids have been... I don't know what, but if a girl goes missing because you're running amok, doing dangerous shit, you'll be sorry. I don't want to hear, see, tail, nor hide from you, bloody kids. Do I make myself clear? Perfectly. Yes, sir. All right. You're dismissed. And he kind of goes around getting different statements from people, but but people are being sent off one by one. And the the jovial feeling that was in the air of, woo, it's a public holiday. It's speech. It's the summertime. It's the opening of a new cave has just turned to dust in everyone's mouth. And they just kind of trudge home. Eric is going to kneel down to to Dickie, who I presume hit the ground when he was dropped. Yeah, mm-hmm. hit the ground and scrambles back up. Okay. Um, and leans close and goes, sometimes less is more. <laughs> what a strange advice to give a child. <laughs> yeah, finally able to talk, are you? Ooh. And he just, like, walks off. The kid's going to get us in so much fucking trouble. So now, what are your plans for the night as everyone dissipates? Eric, are you going to face going back home? 
Well, or is the night not over Dickie for is, you three? Dickie is walking home, right? No. Well, he, he walks off. You're just he walking walk. off? At the moment, he's just walking off, uh. like away from the two of you. Well, I think Eric will look to Jono for leadership. Well, what time is it? It's late now. Mm, it's late. It's around 8 p.m. probably. Look, you go. are you going home? Your dad said you weren't welcome. You can always sleep on our couch if you want, you know, mate. Yeah, I think we got to look after Dicky though. Oh fuck, where's he off to? I don't know. All right, come on. We chase after Dicky. We don't chase, but like follow as, after. As Hustle you kind of him, yeah. move away, you know, down down the artificial ledge that leads back onto the beach. That's where you kind of went off. Yeah, yeah. you just kind of at the Otherwise moment. Otherwise, you'd be scrambling up a cliff. <laughs> that's it. He's like, he's almost like starting in the midst of his mind, looking for other ways into the cave, mm-hmm. like. Almost like going away and then going to do like a bit of like a perimeter. Dickie, slow so. down. Slow yeah. down. Yeah. What? Look, listen, we're not mad at you, but that that cunt can make our life hell, all right? Well, I'm so mad don't at- speak back to him. Well, I'm mad at you. If you really cared about her, you would have stood up for her more. We should be in there. We should be looking for her because they're not going to do it. can't. You don't think Deanna's looking for, looking for her with every ounce that she can? Can or won't? You don't think her mum's looking for her as hard as she possibly can? Did they see the ribbon? No, I did. They will search every inch of that cave. She's been looking in that cave for nine months. She knows it inside and out. If anyone can find her, it's Deanna, okay? But as she you, was right as in front not an excuse for riling up Keith. As you talk, Jono, Dickie did hit a nerve that, yeah, yeah. Why did we let this happen to Brianna? She was right there, right in front of you. And and you think about what would have happened if that was Izzy, if that was your little sister, you know, suddenly vanishing all those times that she's been under your gaze and, and you're arguing back with Dickie, but you just, you start to lose steam. Something needs to be done. You got to figure out a game plan. Eric, how are your balls? <laughs> Eric is at the moment, Ellen, this is note to you, mm. l- l- dealing with his fear at the moment because of how he could react to Dickie right now. Right, yeah. Yeah? You're- like, that's a lot of yeah. what I'm role-playing with right now. Yep. He's uh, he's thinking about a lot. So, it's, it's not only, you know, you're dealing with the physical effects of your, your scuffle with Dickie and there's just this frustration of why the fuck won't he just do what he's told? Why can't he just shut up and not be noticed and just run away from all of his problems? And then you realise that this frustration is kind of constantly simmering and it's born from fear or anxiety or just a reflection that you don't like what you see or you don't like what's being played out in front of you and the churning in your stomach from being kicked in the balls. It's just, it's all, it's all twisting and knotting together and you upchuck your guts onto the sand dunes. Oh, gee, Christ, mate. How bad did it get you? Bad. Oh, fucking (laughs) hell, man. (sighs) Chris's um, fucked up voice acting is giving Uh, me a lot of energy. (laughs) uh, Look, you're you're right, Dickie, okay? We can't just get an apology either. (laughs) For what? Didn't you hit him in the balls? Yeah. And? You might want to say sorry for that. 
You just, might want to not grab lo- me when I'm trying to like save our friend, the person that we're meant to be protecting. Yeah, we're trying to protect you as well, mate. We don't want to lose two people in one night. Yeah, well, you're not my dad, so stop trying. Fucking hell, jeez. Look, I agree with you, right? We gotta, we gotta find her. If they can't find her, we gotta find her. Mm. We were there when she went missing, and something weird, right? You, you heard the voices in that passage, that flash of light, that. Lake is weird. I went in there and I felt something crawl on me. And it was like in being in ink, being in space down there. Something in that cave is not right. She was in front of me and she was holding my hand and it felt like she was holding my hand the whole time until she wasn't. I believe you, mate. I believe you. Something weird in that cave. We wouldn't be here if we didn't believe you, mate. And Dickie, for someone who's been told all your life, sit down, shut up. Children are better seen and not heard. Mm. And that didn't happen, Dicky, or that's stupid. And it's like, especially the all you know, all this time about talking about these stories that people always say are fanatical mm. or or just shut up. And like this is this is proof. Mm. This is proof that weird shit happens and unexplainable things happen. Yeah. And yeah. like it's both exciting in a like under dire circumstances, yeah. but it's exciting and it's just it's a revelation to have yeah. someone actually understand it. But listen to this. Keith is going to try and pin this on us because we were with her, right? So if we don't find her, we're in big trouble. That's why we need you to not antagonize him. The more you antagonize him, the less chance we have of finding her, okay? You hear a screech of wheels, um, kind of like there's – it's not really a parking lot. It's just people parking up on the – you know, the the grassy part, the reedy part of yeah. the dunes so they can walk down to the beach. Screech! Slam! And, and kind of coming, descending, um, almost stumbling down the dunes. You see Jessica, Dickie, Dickie, oh my gosh, oh my god, Dickie, Dickie! And she like kind of runs up. She's, you know, clearly she's been, you know, having fun times with the rest of the gang. She smells like her hair smells like cigarettes and um, she's, you know, changed outfits into like something a bit more revealing. A more kind risque. Of, yeah, crop top and, and high-waisted shorts. And she's kind of streaming down the dunes and she just kind of grabs you and almost like tackle tackles you in like this big bear hug and she's just like oh my god oh my god i heard someone went missing down at the caves and then i i went back to the caves and you weren't there and just oh my god oh my god oh my god you found thank you so much for looking after dicky i can't thank you enough it's it's all right uh it it, it wasn't it wasn't dicky went missing it's it's breeze gone missing brianna yeah Brianna Ma? Yeah. We were right with her and then there was this flash and then she was gone. This happened in the caves? Yeah. We were in this tiny narrow passage so she can't have gone anywhere and then there was this flash. I mean, she's pretty little. Do you think there was like a crawl space? No. there was or... no, no. She was in front okay, of me and then okay. she wasn't in Dickie, front of me. Dickie, okay. I'm... I know, I know. They're searching yeah. the cave right now for her. We're just... We're waiting for news. Like, oh, there's nothing's shit. come out yet. So... <sighs> Do you guys want to – I don't know. I'm I'm sure you're pretty wired. Look, Jason has like this basement. Do you want to kind of come back? A lot of teens are just kind of crashing there. Maybe you can just like kind of put your feet up for the night, hang out together. 
everyone else has gone home or passed out or <laughs> Jason's just upstairs in his own room. I don't know. I was, I was going to hang around here until it got late and see if, see if they come out and say they found her or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know if I can go to some basement and, and just hang out when we know that she's gone missing. Mm. We have to yeah. find her. Yeah. Okay, I just... Like, thank you, I know, but what if we go What if we go and they find her and we don't know and we're worrying all night, you know? Yeah. What if they don't find her and we could we could be helping look, you know? Dickie, are you coming home? He just kind of shakes his head no. Look, if it gets uh, late, I'll bring him back, all right? I'll look after Jesus him. Jesus Christ. No, I'm not leaving him here. I'm staying with you guys. This sucks. <sighs> she kind of like <laughs> reaches into her coat and like pulls out a, a beer just... Fine. Got All a, right. We're staying a, by the beach. Yeah. Have you got a dairy? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Reaches into it impossibly tight shorts, pulls out a pack. Yeah. And we sort of, Wind I guess we, we'd like, we'd like go over it and we'd like go over it again. Mm. And then I would try and explain what happened in the lake and how weird it was. Yeah. And then we'd go over it again in the way that kids do, just like trying to eke out any more clues out of anything that we we've heard while we wait for news from the kind of iron out every single detail yeah and like did you hear the name huey yeah yeah huey yeah yeah is anyone town called huey no like i mean i I could have sworn clear of that clear as day someone said huey Huey. i mean no there's like i think there's like a hugo down at the mines but that's i don't know a single huey and well, I've also, lived here all my life. There's also like the the story that they were talking about about why Echo Caves is so important. The person that may have gone missing down there in the first place. That bandit. Yeah. What? Like some sort of ages gone. There's like no, some mate. sort of bandit that like may have escaped the law and like went into the mines, maybe, but they never found a body. But no one ever came out. But someone definitely went in. So maybe there the is like way. a slip or something. Or it wasn't a slip. She was okay, right in front of me. Okay, I just mean like she's tiny. She could have gone out a crack. Then why didn't I go down as well? I, I don't know. You said there was like a flash. Maybe you just lost sight of her. Where would that have come away. from? Though? There was someone in there. Was, her mum was in front, and I was behind her. So she wouldn't have like slipped. She wouldn't have got past anyone. She's not a piece of paper. She's not just going to slip through a crack. I know, but it's a cave, like. And it's not all open, right? There's heaps of things in there that they haven't even explored yet. You still got your torch on you? And he 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 remembers it being in his hand, but uh, does you he did- still have it after the tussle with Eric and Jono? Yeah, I reckon you would have probably just, because um, you picked it up as you kind of walked through the passageway, I reckon you would have just slipped it back into your short pocket. Great. So he kind of rummages around. Goes in his left, it's not in his left, pulls out his right and he's got the torch. It's like and checks that it still works and it seems to be working fine. Look, okay. If they they pack up for the night and they still haven't found out, I reckon we retrace our steps, we sneak back in there and we go back to exactly where she was. His, Do you wanna sneak in? His I face find lights her. his face lights up. He's like, Yes. <laughs> yes. Alright. Maybe you're not such a goody two shoes. <sighs> no, I'm not. <laughs> Eric, you want one? <coughs> Eric looks at a, a coughing Jono and is like, nah. <laughs> I'll do it. No, Dickie. Why not? Because it's bad for you. Well, then why are you having it? Because I'm bad. 
true. <laughs> that was a really good reply. <laughs> okay, so we're going to do something incredibly stupid and rebellious. Yeah. Sounds like the thing I Sounds do. Right. Um, what's our plan? We sneak in? Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll we wait for news, like see if, if they come out. Be pretty obvious if they found her, they'll be shouting. Just be careful as well because Keith's around though and we can't be seen by him. <laughs> Fucking Keith. I hate that prick. Yeah, he, he he lifted me up and he threw me down. What? Yeah, I I I, I went to say something to him because like I had a really good thing I was going to say to him that was going to make him feel really bad, but then I got stopped. But then he picked me up and said something about don't fucking talk and then threw me to the ground. That fucking prick laid his hands on my brother? Yeah, I mean, I called him something else, but... What'd you call him? What he is. Fucking cunt. <laughs> you did not. Well, not to his face. Yeah, well, you wouldn't be here if you did that. I know, right? Dickie, I'm sorry. You know, guy's a prick. I should have kicked him in the balls instead. You're lucky you didn't. Who did you kick in the balls? Oh, I kicked the, I got I elbowed Eric in the balls. Uh, Wasn't that part of the story? Did you miss that bit? Yeah, look, I'm still kind of buzzed. Um <laughs> <laughs> She's so ridiculous. Is she high as well or is she She's she's pretty she's It is she's a seven. Yeah. God, yeah. I'm gonna get my sister killed tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So we're just waiting here on the sand dunes. Do you wanna do you wanna wait out in the car? Maybe we can drive around, see if people are leaving. Yeah, okay. All right. Are you driving? Yeah. Why wouldn't I? I mean, you're not great at it. <laughs> I am fine. That dog lived. I don't know what you're talking about. It's very happy, okay? It gets along on three legs just fine. Oh my God. Just about to make a three-legged joke. You're doing sure. <laughs> so I guess we just hang out in the car and wait wait for the search party yeah, to wrap up. Yeah, you kind of tune. She tunes on the radio. We're all really nervous, I would think, because we just, like, we were, I'm hoping that she... They come out and you hear them go, oh, yeah, we've all found it. You know, and there's a cupboard that she's been found, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think Jessica's probably going to make the effort to, you know, there's still a throng of people and she's going to kind of pass on word to get back to Mildred, her mum, that Dickie is with her, that they are going to. To the basement. Yeah, they're going to spend the night at Jason's. There's a few kids who are just kind of. You know, it's lax. Yeah, it's fine. It's a it's a sleepover yeah. essentially. Just so you know, poor mum's not <laughs> freaking worrying. the fuck out. So you sit in the car, radio's on. She has a few drinks in the back, a six pack. Do you guys take any or? Well, you would calm the nerves. <laughs> uh, probably too too nervous at this stage. Mm. I think the the fags are enough. Like, yep. I don't really want to get. I'm not in the, really in the mood to get loose. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, there was this like, there's this place called Lemon Tree Passage, and it's this big stretch of road in Sydney. And what actually happened was, and because uh, I thought about it, because how you're a bad driver, Jess, um, and how that there were these two motorcyclists that actually they crashed, not at the same time, but they were like, you know, like a month apart from each other and they both crashed. So now people say that whenever they're going down the road and they're being really like bad drivers and really reckless, you can actually see a taillight in front of you that's flashing you and it's telling you not to be a reckless driver. Dickie, can I ask you a favor? Yeah. Shut up. Okay. So. I will have a beer, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're smoking, you're drinking, you're just trying to ease off the, the jitters that are yeah, coming on from all this adrenaline. On, yeah. um, and not only that, you're trying to stay awake. Yeah. Um, what time is it around now? It's 
probably closer to around 11. Yeah. Nice. I'm midnight. staying up late. Yeah. You are. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd stay awake better if I had a beer. I'm not giving you a beer, Dickie. Can I just hold the can at least? I won't drink it. I'll just hold on to it. All right. So she, she drains the rest of hers <laughs> and she kind of passes it to you. It is super late. For a like 10 year old yeah. Yes And you were up at like 5 or yeah. something Yeah So I'm going to ask you all to do this um, This is I guess this is planned uh, You're Are you a gritty character? Me? Yeah uh, D8 D8 I'm gritty <laughs> I'm a gritty boy um, I'm used to being up all hours to help Yeah I'm, I'm going to say it's a 6 Before you start to kind of really feel it And start to kind of drop off Yeah, I'm a 16, I'm good But um, yeah, this is a planned one So if your teammates feel so, you know, feel up to it They can chuck in in adversity Maybe they prod you awake What do we got? I rolled a 3 Mm. So you need a six. Ugh, I'd have to spend two on you. Um, I'm fine on a nine. Ooh, fine on a nine. Yeah. Uh, I guess I guess Dickie can have my two adversity tokens. <laughs> I, what's what are we what are we looking at here? Just falling asleep? Yeah, yeah. Well, Stay, Dickie's staying ten. Dick, Dickie's ten. Yeah, you know. Can we just wake him up? You can just later? wake me up. Like I could fall asleep for I'll a while. I'll let him fall asleep. Yeah, keep yeah. your adversity fine. tokens. I reckon. He can fall asleep. We'll okay. wake him up later. Yeah. And you kind of drift off the tune of yeah. whatever radio station. Actually, we would definitely let him sleep because then he shuts the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Some... bun, the bun, uh, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm wondering, do we wake him up? Yeah, we just go looking mm. on our own, leave him in the car. Yeah, he's yeah. A, he, he nearly got, he got both of us nearly injured. That's true. If you leave me out of that scene, I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> <laughs> we get into the supernatural plot and Dickie's just cut out of the whole cut thing. Out of the we scene. go to another dimension. Role play my, role play my to, dream. He just doesn't Roll to Cast, Mystery Down Under is a Baby Beard Media production. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and Discord. And all our podcasts are on Spreaker, Spotify, YouTube and all good podcatchers. You can support us on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash babybeard. Kids on bikes and all associated properties are trademark of Renegade Game Studios. Used with permission. to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Hey, Simone. Yes, Chad. What would you say is your favorite bad movie? Oh, where would I start? But probably at Zombie Strippers. Oh, yeah, which we've actually done on our podcast, Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast. This is a podcast where we take some of the worst movies ever created, and even some of those movies that you might have thought were brilliant, but still got a bad critic score, and we say nice things about them, because you know what? Someone put the effort in, so we're going to be there fighting in their corner. Absolutely, Chad. Even if the movie was total garbage, there are some makeup artists that gave it their all, and we're here to recognize that. Exactly. And with really fun themes every week, such as National Treasure Week, Weddings Week, uh, movies with Jeremy Irons and dragons in them, how could you go wrong by joining us every Tuesday and Thursday for some optimism in your life? And like we say at the end of every episode, we love you and there's nothing you can do about it. We love you and there's nothing you can do about it. Goodbye! Goodbye.
If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and leave a review. Please be advised that this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only and is in no way a replacement for legal or medical advice. The opinions contained within are solely those of the interviewers and interviewees and should be received as so. Those seeking help or advice are encouraged to obtain professional legal and medical services.